Merry Christmas. <laughs> Guess what I got you? Nothing. The WAN Show. Welcome, everybody. We've got a lot of great stuff to talk about today. John Carmack's decade in VR is over as he exits from Reality Labs, formerly Oculus. Uh, This actually broke last week, right before the show. Uh, So we didn't really get a chance to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it this week instead. Oh, this is a big one. This is actually the title topic of the show today. We got an update from Microsoft on our Windows Modern Standby video, where we basically went, you guys are ruining Windows laptops with this standby issue where the battery just drains for no reason. What the heck is going on over there? And we actually apparently raised some hell over at Microsoft and Alex from our team managed to get on the phone with the VP of Windows Platform and Services to go over some of our questions. So we're going to be talking about that call, uh, what is going on over there, what it is that they're going to do about it. Got a whole big update for you guys. What else we got? I thought the LastPass breach was in the dock, but I oh. I can't find it. But we're probably going to talk about that anyways, because it's interesting. And also, uh, we have three rapid fire topics today. One is Yuffie admits they lied. One is NVIDIA ends game stream, recommends Steam Link. And another one is facial recognition used to bar a lawyer from entering a vem- venue. And the reason why I'm listing all of these is because some amount of them are written by ChatGPT. Wait, all the rapid fires are written by ChatGPT? Some amount. And you are going to have to guess which ones are written by ChatGPT. Oh, no. And which ones are written by our team. I will say they have been slightly massaged to fit the format of how we normally do. But there are lots of like whole sentences and stuff that are taken directly from ChatGPT. Wild. Okay. So you're going to have to figure out which ones or how many, whatever. We'll figure it out when we get there, but Okay. It's unlisted. It's not on YouTube. Who changed it to unlisted? Hold on. No, no, it's fine. I'll just set it to public and then they will see the rest of it later. Let's see. Um... Hold on a second. This should go... Ah, yes, there we go. Properly unlisted it. Great. Let's jump right into our headline topic for the day, which is, of course, that Alex managed to get the VP of Windows Platform and Services on the phone to go over some of our concerns about Windows Modern Standby. First of all, I want to give Microsoft credit because on the one hand, yeah, they've clearly sat on ass on this issue for, well, years at this point. But on the other hand, now that we have raised it as a problem, now that the community has spoken and made their voices heard that this is a problem that affects them day to day, they appear to be taking it really seriously. So let's start with kind of Alex's interview um, and go from there. First, Alex asked, why is S3 Sleep being removed from the BIOS laptops? Oh, no. We should give the people a bit of a, a catch you up if you didn't yeah. catch the original video. Did you watch the video? No. Okay. So Windows Modern Standby, or S0 Sleep, is a connected type of sleep that is meant to replace the traditional S3 Sleep. It's supposed to be connected more power efficient, and generally a boon. Uh, It's been brought about in no small part by Intel's push for a more smartphone-like experience on Windows laptops. 
Uh, the problem is that a lot of the time when the machine is sleeping, I mean, I'm sure you've encountered this. Have oh, you yeah. ever come to your laptop, found it to be piping hot with a dead battery after you folded it and put it in your bag? Yes. I also have like, I'll try to put my desktop to sleep. All right, and... Separate issue. Okay. Yeah, I don't okay. want to talk okay. about that okay. for now. Uh, oh, oh I, I left it in the camera den. Um, <clears throat> so, we basically came out and said, we think we figured this out. Uh, we think it's to do with some kind of, it seems like high performance machines are disproportionately affected. So it's, it's something that the machine can be churning away on while it's supposed to be sleeping. We figured out that by disabling the network connected aspect of this type of sleep on a okay. Mac, we were able to, we were able to get rid of that behavior, which we have also seen on a Mac, not even an Intel Mac. Right. Interesting. Okay. So it's just it's just a weird it's a weird quirk of of this type of sleep state. Um, and we basically made a video calling out Microsoft saying, hey, this has been a problem for literally years. This cannot be because you already suffer from worse battery life compared to your main competitor, Apple, who is gaining market share in the mobile computer space. You've got to deal with this because it, it, it is is killing the experience Absolutely. of using a Windows laptop. Yeah. Like I talked to someone like Jake and I'm sitting here and I'm sorry, you charge your laptop like once a week. That's impossible for me because half the time I go to grab my laptop, it feels, it's probably not half, but it, it feels like every time I go to grab my bloody laptop, I might as well flip a coin for whether I'm going to have any battery if left at all. If you go somewhere without a cable, you might as well not even brought the laptop. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we were trying to light a fire at Microsoft and it seems like it worked. So the first thing Alex asked was why is S3 sleep being removed from the BIOS of laptops? Cause that's the problem is you couldn't even just say, look, I don't want S0, I want S3. When there's this industry move towards eliminating S3. So here's the answer. Microsoft is moving away from S3 sleep because how each device goes, to be, because how each device goes to sleep is controlled by that device's firmware. That means for a device to sleep properly, the firmware needs to be updated and maintained by the company that made said device. And as you can probably guess, that doesn't happen all the time. Big problem with Windows being put on so many different things. Mm -hmm. By using S0 sleep instead, Microsoft has more control over sleep and has a much higher success rate of everything going to sleep properly and waking up properly compared to S3 sleep. And I have to admit, I was wondering too, well, what was the problem with S3 sleep? But then again, I also know, back to your desktop comment, that there are plenty of problems <laughs> with S3 sleep. Yeah. Like say, for example, disabling wake on mouse or wake on keyboard in the BIOS and yet having it magically wake up if you so much as bump your mouse anyway, yeah. or just wake up randomly. Yeah. Right. I had this thing for a while where I had to put it to sleep three times every time. Ugh. It would just wake back up again, like five minutes later, and then I could finally get it to go down. And I had a lot of people comment on this video. Why don't you just shut down your computer? Why don't you just shut down your computer? If it's an advertised feature of the product, <laughs> no, you don't get to complain about me complaining about it. That is a problem. That is objectively a problem, and I don't want to hear it. So, f so what? You turn off your computer. I don't give a shit. But if the computer is supposed to go to sleep, I am well within my right to expect that it will go to sleep. Okay, it's like a child, right? 
the child is supposed to go to sleep. So if it doesn't go to sleep, well, you're well within your right to yell at it and shake it. <laughs> Obviously kidding. Obviously kidding. I'm trying to advice. I'm trying to make it so that people don't take me too seriously when I'm going all ranty because some people you. can't tell the difference. Okay. All right. Anyway. I, I also think sometimes it's like the backing into parking spaces thing. Like you might have a lot of time when you are done using said device, but you might know that the next time that you have to start using it, you're going to need to use it quickly, but you don't want to just let it sit there running the whole time. And I get, so that, sleep. I get that your needs might not be the same as mine, but that doesn't make them the only valid needs. That too. And I'm not saying that your way shouldn't be supported. That's the thing. I'm not saying, well, everyone we should, should sleep. Shutdown. Yeah, you shouldn't shut down. I'm saying you should be able to do both. We should have choice. Like, say, for example, there's a lot of really great feedback recently about the Micron um, facilities tour. Okay. okay. Did you watch it by any chance? No, but I, it's, in my, it's in my watch yeah. later. Yeah. It's I'll really good. It. Yeah. Tons of comments. Basically, this is the best video you guys have ever done. This is far and away the best factory tour I've ever seen. It's a really good video. Micron was amazing. They really opened up, allowed us to see, not cool. just see, but use the facilities. I made RAM. I saw, that, I saw that thumbnail and immediately added it to my watch later. <laughs> I made RAM. It was so cool. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I can't... Did we just lose power? Yep. How much UPS do we have over here? Okay. Uh, we need to we need to get power from the main server room UPS. Let's freaking go. Uh, we have three minutes. Okay, how much... Uh, okay, uh, Luke, entertain the people. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't think we're live, though. Sing a song. We're live. We are live. Uh, okay. Uh, wait. No, yeah, we're back. Hello. Hi. Uh, it is nighttime on the WAN show now with Luke. How's it going? Dan, uh, who usually sits back there behind the TV, which I guess you guys don't see, but it's also behind the camera, uh, pretty much said three minutes, got up and ran, uh, and Linus also got up and ran. We have lost power. Uh, both of them are off trying to solve the problem. I'm still not 100% certain if it's live. People are saying F. I think we're still sending some data. I'm not 100% sure what's going on, but assuming that this is going to someone right now, I'm just going to I'm just going to keep going. Uh, there's UPSs beeping all around the building. I'm not 100% certain what you guys can hear, but we have one very large UPS in the server room uh, that I think they are going to try to work on. I suspect uh, if I had to make some assumptions that they are going to be shutting down certain things that are running off of that UPS system to try to keep networking and whatnot going as long as possible so that we can keep the stream going. I do believe that is the plan, although I can hear them talking right now. So theoretically, they will be coming back soon. Um, I don't know. Should I give you guys spoilers? No, I can't because then you guys will post them in chat and Linus will know which ones are which ones are real and which ones are fake. So I won't I won't go through that. Um, I don't think I can really complete this um, sleep topic, so I might jump into another one. I think the one that I'm going to do is the last pass topic, uh, because if this stream is going out to no one, uh, that is probably the most okay one to do, because there are no notes for it in the doc. Oh! Hello! Uh, just all the lights coming on. What's a good time? Oh! Right, so this isn't UPS running this. We just got power back? No, this is... 
This is UPS. Okay. Yeah, should we turn this off? Yeah, just go for it. You're fine. There's extreme circumstances. Yeah, we can just have a Nightwan show. It's fine. Directly through the notes. I'm Legendary programmer John Carmack, known for programming the original Doom uh, and his love for VR, has stepped down as consulting CTO for Reality Labs, formerly Oculus. I actually didn't know they were called Reality Labs. I don't know why I didn't know that. Yeah, I think that was a while back. Yeah, I probably just didn't care because it's a weird name change that doesn't matter. Uh, Meta is famous for making and directing and directly breaking promises not to F it up. Uh, In quotes, you will not need a Facebook account to use or develop for the Rift. That's definitely not a thing anymore. Quotes, we are not going to track you, flash ads at you, or do anything invasive. Uh, That's not a thing anymore. In quotes, we are going to, we are not going to lock people out because they compete. Um, I actually didn't know that was broken, but apparently that was broken in 2016. Uh, yeah. And then another one in quotes, Facebook is going to give us access to massive resources, but let us operate independently. Hey, the first on our part they vision. did, if anything, I think the entire investing down. world yeah. quadrupled, uh, hextupled down. <laughs> yeah. The first, yeah. The first half of that is extremely correct. Um, yeah. And then in quotes, none of our gaming resources will be diverted. Ooh, yeah, that one, uh, not so much. Oof. Uh, Carmack says that he has mixed feelings about leaving, stating that the Quest 2 in particular was almost exactly what he wanted to see, despite complaints about the software. Yeah, the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back is apparently the the gaming resources being diverted one for him. I mean, we know John Carmack. He's a gamer guy. He's not a gamer. He's not a ga- he's not oh. into gaming, right? Right? John Carmack not a, not that into gaming. Just did Doom. Yeah, it's yeah. not a game. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah a, exactly. It's a, it's a wall. It's real. It's a wall painting it's simulator. Real. It's how we protect the world from demons. <laughs> it's training. Sto- you know the storyline behind Doom is like surprisingly in depth. Yeah, it's like there's a ton of lore. Yeah, that I had no idea. Yeah, me neither. Anyway, uh, Carmack has previously been critical of Meta's direction, saying that they should focus on products to tap into the metaverse before building out initiatives. Uh, he worried that thousands of people's efforts spanning years would be spent on things that didn't contribute to the way people use devices today. Seems to be a little bit true. His biggest problem, however, is the efficiency and speed of development. He says that as someone who works hard at optimization, seeing gross inefficiency hurts your soul, likening to seeing 5% <laughs> GPU utilization. That is not surprising from him. He has always been hyper into that. Uh, this is one of the reasons why people still run some of his old games on like as many devices as they can possibly imagine, because they're really, really well built for for optimization for regard like basically regardless of what platform you're on. Reality Labs, he says, operates at half the effectiveness that he'd like. Yikes! That's a big <laughs> I mean, his standards are pretty high. Yes, but there's probably still room for improvement. Also, yes. Yeah. Um, his voice at the top of the company, to his dismay, has not been able to persuade the organization to improve. He says uh, that he has never been able to stop stupid things because they cause damage or set a direction and have the team stick to it. He blames himself for this, as instead of taking a leadership role and locking horns with Facebook on day one, he focused on what he's best at, programming. That's also not surprising. 
He assumed he would hate it, be bad at it, and probably lose anyways. So that's why he stuck to programming. He still deeply believes in VR and that Meta is best able to show its value. His parting advice, in quotes, is make better decisions and fill your products with give a damn. Now, Ooh, like Carmack's that. focus, yeah, me too, actually. Carmack's focus will be on his artificial intelligence startup, Keen Technologies, which has received significant investment money in recent months. Artificial intelligence, or AGI, has the goal of making an artificial intelligence system that can theoretically do any task a human can, a truer definition of AI. What we call AI right now is far more limited in scope and, of, and is often just a matter of observe and fail at one thing until it gets better. Some, like Meta Chief Scientist Yan Li Kun, hopefully I said that right, I don't know, sorry if I did say that wrong, uh, doubt that AGI can or will ever become a reality. Others fear what AGI could represent if created irresponsibly. The AI overloads, overlords joke hits a little differently for AGI. Now, what I kind of want to raise here uh, is I think AI or AGI or whatever is what a lot of people, definitely including myself, thought VR was going to be at this point in time. Sure. Yep. I think it's a huge disruptor. I think it's going to change a ton of things. I, I think it already has, and the real usable levels of it have barely even existed yet. Mm -hmm. Um, like when GPT-4 comes out, uh, if places like Google who have large language models similar to GP3, GPT-4, whatever, if they start using those more publicly, if other companies that have similar systems start using those more publicly, I think the impact of these things are going to be on the scale uh, that when Oculus was first founded, people thought the impact of VR was going to be at. So I think it is a much more significantly interesting thing to work on right now. Uh, and I think Carmack is, is quite interested in leading his own things, considering that the vast amount of his frustrations very clearly when leaving Meta um, was leadership decisions. Sure. And, and efficiencies and goals well, and all that type of stuff. So if he can steer the ship more directly and he can do it on something that might be more punchy and more fun right now, I this think is that one might of those things where I've, I think I've talked to you about this, like not on the show, just talking. Um, I don't know how I would handle working for someone else. Yeah. As long as they made decisions that I agreed were really great, it'd be fine. But the second but one, they of them probably isn't great. won't. Yeah. And it's not going to be fine. <laughs> I, I, I think it's really hard to, and the thing is that I like to think that I try pretty hard to reach consensus when we make a decision as a company. Um, I have never experienced that anywhere else. And I suspect that is not very common. And I suspect that even as I'm talking about this and you're sitting there nodding, I'm not always perfect at it. Um, but no, but I, there's I, a reason I'm still here too. I don't know. I just, I don't think I would, I don't think I would find, I wouldn't need to agree with everything, but I don't think I would find a place where I would agree with enough. And I think that's basically what he's run into here. I've said this literally on the WAN show before. Like, I don't necessarily agree with everything we've ever done, but no, I think that don't. would be basically impossible. Um, and it's fine. And I think I, I do agree with the vast majority of things that we've done. Um, Wow, I might want to give her a little more juice. Way less than I thought. 
Uh, hey, there hey. you go. All right, good enough. Nice. I do agree with the vast majority of things that we've done. And even when I don't agree with what we've done, I can usually at least see the logic behind it. I have yeah. worked places before where tons of things happen where I, no matter how hard I try, I can't find the logic behind it. Uh, the logic behind why the show is dark today, by the way, if you guys are joining us a little bit late here, we're going to try to splice together the, the segments of the show, uh, but we were interrupted by a power outage. We are going to run on battery for as long as we can here, guys, but uh, the show might be a little bit on the shorter side, which means I want to jump through our sponsor spots right away to make sure that, hey, at least they're getting their money's worth here and they don't ask for a refund. Uh, the show is brought to you by... Thanks to FreshBooks for sponsoring today's show. Now I'm going to go ahead and guess that you're not an accountant, which is why you're going to love FreshBooks software. It's built for freelancers and small business owners who don't have time to waste on invoicing, accounting, and payment processing. In fact, FreshBooks users can save up to 11 hours a week by streamlining and automating pesky admin tasks like time tracking, following up on invoices, and expense tracking with features like the new digital bills and receipt scanner. Over 24 million people have used FreshBooks and love it for its intuitive dashboard and reports. It's easy to see at a glance exactly where your business stands, and it's even easier to turn everything over to your accountant come tax season. 94% of FreshBooks users say it's super easy to get up and running, and with award-winning support, you are never alone. So try FreshBooks free for 30 days, no credit card required, by going to freshbooks.com WAN. So, what will you do with 11 more hours each week? Thanks to Masterclass for sponsoring this week's show. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn the art of negotiation with Chris Koss, improve your cooking skills with Gordon Ramsay, or learn relational intelligence with Esther Perel. There's over 180 classes to choose from taught by the instructors you know and love. You can even explore lessons in any order you'd like across your phone, tablet, TV, computer, or on the go with audio mode. Lessons are approximately 10 to 15 minutes in length, so you can easily fit them into your daily life. Thanks to Masterclass, I've been able to learn how to cook so many new dishes with Gordon Ramsay's class, and now my meals are always unique and exciting. With Masterclass, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. I highly recommend you check it out. This holiday, give the perfect gift of an annual Masterclass membership and get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash WAN today. That's masterclass.com slash WAN. Term supply. What do you want to talk about? Uh, I want to get through these rapid fire topics because I want to see... If you can sniff out sure. which one of them was written by uh, by ChatGPT, so for do you want me to read them and you can read through the notes and think about it, Let's or how do you want to do it? Like do we this? normally would, you know, I'll okay. do one, you do one. Let's get through all three of them, sure, and then I'll do my best. Okay. First up, we've got Yuffie admits they lied. This has been a developing story over man like a month now, hasn't it? In a blog post addressed to Eufy Security customers and partners, Anchor, the parent company of Eufy, admitted to using the cloud to send mobile push notifications with small preview images, which are protected by end-to-end -end encryption and deleted shortly after being sent. Okay. The company also admitted to a security flaw in the live view feature on its web portal, but denied that any user data had been exposed or that facial recognition data was sent to the cloud. Yuffie has made changes to the feature to require users to log into the web portal in order to view live streams or share active links to them. The company stated that it is committed to reducing the use of the cloud in its security processes wherever possible and that it complies with all industry standards. Discussion question here is how much does an incident like this really tarnish a brand or its bottom line? I, oh, I don't know. It depends I how mainstream it, it is. a lot, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I think it depends how mainstream the reporting on the negativity surrounding it is. How much well. competition there is in the space. That too. Like you can talk day in and day out about what a toxic company NVIDIA might be or Apple might be. And it's, it's not going to stop people from buying their products. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas Eufy, I feel like what did not have as strong of a brand to begin with and so much of the strength of their brand at least based on the messages i'm seeing about it was around that promise that they didn't upload anything to the cloud so yeah i could see it i could see it being extremely damaging and there's quite a few competitors and there's competitors that are bigger names so like yes. th this this could be a hugely negative impact. kind of an underdog yeah um, yeah. Our uh, second discussion question is, if you became CEO of this company one week before the revelations, <laughs> I hope the AI wrote this discussion question because this is a great discussion question. I suspect it was James who wrote this discussion question, I though. Think, I think, but I don't remember. I think all the discussion questions okay. might be people. I had a meeting with Riley and James this week about mm. sort of, because um, we added, Luke and I added a bunch of topics to the doc right before the show went live last week. And Riley sent me the world's saddest email. <laughs> it was pretty sad. Being like, you know. We work really hard. <laughs> on, these on these topics. It would be really nice to know if you're just like, would prefer other topics. And I'm like, oh, Riley, I'm sorry. It's not you, it's me. Um, let's have a meeting next week and kind of talk about why we changed them. And one of the things that wasn't just like me laying down an edict or whatever, but one of the things that came out of our discussion, you're a genius, Jake. He's got a- um, Jackery. A Jackery. Yeah. Speaking of sponsors, there's five. We're streaming one show. Let's go. <laughs> um, Heck yeah, Jake. All Do right. Um, <laughs> wait, what were, what were we talking about? All right. Yeah. So one of the things we came to together was that part of choosing a good topic is looking at what the discussion topics will be. Because if the discussion topic is, is this bad? Yeah. Yes. Then there's nothing to really talk about. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. We need some back and forth. Okay. Well, but why is it bad? How is it bad? Who was bad? Where was it bad? Like, we've got to be able to, there's got to be some there's meat on the boat. There's got to be a discussion in the discussion question. Yeah, and yeah. so what I'm noticing is our discussion topics, our, our discussion questions are so much better because I think we're choosing topics based on how rich the discussion can be. Yeah. If you wanted to truly make things right, if you were the CEO of this company, one week before this happened. So you can't, you can't alter course. All you can do is react to it. What would you have done differently? So I've, I actually vaguely referenced this on the last show that we talked about, Yuffie, which I don't think was our last show. I think it was two shows ago or something. Um, and this might like tank the company. Um, but what I said was they effectively had to recall devices. And I, I still kind of defend it. And yeah, it might tank the company. I don't know. But like they advertised on local only it is not local only they are not going to be able to change that i maybe you can i doubt it i don't yeah. think they're gonna be able to change that certainly not immediately so they need to like uh, so maybe another option is offer full refunds yes. like send out an email explaining everything that's going on be very transparent admit the things you got to admit offer a full refund yeah. the, and if the user doesn't take it they don't take it but like so the 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 CEO in me would be trying to avoid a full, we refund everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah. 
So I think I think you have to do the off. That's kind of the end. Yeah, you you just tank the whole. Company. Yeah, you might as well just say see you later. Yeah. Um, at that point, and I don't mean like as an fu to the customers that that would be the right thing to do. I mean you just might not survive it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's you just spent so much money on R and D. You yeah. spent so much money on tooling. You spent so much money on manufacturing. You spent so much money on shipping. Yeah. Now you have to pay for more shipping. Yeah. To take it all back. Didn't gain anything. Yeah. So so what I would be trying to do is offer that option because you kind of have to. Yeah. But I would be trying to come up with a more compelling option yeah. that doesn't hurt me quite so much. Yeah. Right? So I might be looking at, okay, if I can convince you to keep this in its current state and I can send you the new working one when we get there, yeah. uh, uh, can we do that? Or I would be looking for. I don't know if there's a subscription, but maybe you give them six months for yeah, free. Yeah. If or something. I if I could if I could keep this in its in its state for now, but I could get you to what we promised in six months, can you accept that? I'd be trying to look for because ultimately, right? What the customer wanted was that product. Yeah. So I what what I would be trying to figure out is is there any way without taking back everything to get you what you paid for? Well, there there's there is some problems with that due to I know, but you already broke the trust. Yeah. So you have to throw in a bonus because you have to do more than just get. Well, them there's what some they technical problems with that too. For sure. Getting notifications to local phones or uh, remote phones, all this type of stuff. But for like, sure. But I I understand the the core idea of what you're saying. But I'd be trying to look for a way to kind of go okay. It's going to take us some time. We're going to have to do this to make it up to you. Uh, some kind of partial refund or some kind, which is often not actually possible. Like uh, you ran into this a little while ago where you were not able yeah. to issue someone a partial refund through PayPal they because it had been 180 days. They requested far past a reasonable date. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. PayPal literally wouldn't allow Luke to do it because I guess the assumption from their point of view is that it must be under duress. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? yeah, I, I, I think their thing is they they don't want to deal with because I think if you if I remember correctly, if you do a refund within the terms, yeah, the fees and whatnot get refunded as well, right? And there can be accounting challenges for everyone up and down yes. the chain, right? Yep. Because if you have already remitted the taxes you collected, let me tell you something: the state of California ain't going to be giving you back those taxes you remitted. Yeah, no chance. No matter who you refunded, whatever you <laughs> refunded to, yeah. So there's challenges. So you're just eating it. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if you just eat it, the reporting for that would be a nightmare. I don't even know how you would account for it, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's a nightmare. So yeah, I'd be trying to look for a compromise. Uh, but I agree with you. You don't have a choice. You have to offer the option. You have to do something. You yeah. have to offer the option. And a bunch of people are going to take it. But if you are sincere and you are open, and this time you're honest, you might have a solid amount of people. Yeah. That don't run. But they didn't do that. They've they taken too long. And honestly, this response seems kind of half-baked as far as I'm concerned. Someone just needs to sue the trash out of them. I, I just, I, they're, they're not going to be successful. It's a Chinese, Chinese company. Oh, right. What are they going to do? Yeah, fair enough. Nothing. Like China's going to protect their own. Get them banned from selling in yeah, so, so the what? states or something. Yeah. yeah. And so I just, I, I just uh, from, from my point of view, Anchor's on our list at this point, which is unfortunate. We really enjoyed working with them, actually. I really I, liked Anchor. I genuinely like the products. Um, yeah, me too. 
So like it sucks because finding good long-term sponsor partners is not something that's easy. And I feel like for, I feel for the poor sales team here, right? Because yeah. when I just rug pull them and I go, Hey, yeah, that account that you've been handling, that's doing however many thousands of dollars a year, guess what? You're not working with them anymore by edict of the King. Like that sucks, right? Oh, it does. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, like uh, imagine you worked in sales somewhere, right? Uh, your, your boss comes into the room and says, yeah, With certain quotas and all this type of stuff. Yeah. That, that car that's on the lot, you can't sell that car anymore. Yeah. Or like you, you can't work with, uh, you know, I don't know, families. Anytime a family walks on the lot, you can't sell to them anymore or whatever it is. Right. Kind of go, well, frustrating. Like that's that sucks. What I just let them the whole walk way down by. The chain. I just yeah. let them walk by. I got quotas to hit. Mm -hmm. Right. That sucks. So let me do my job. That's just the way it's going to have to be, though. I think yeah. I, I just don't see a way out for us. We can't, in good conscience, continue to work with them. We have to have standards. The way out of this topic, though, is transitioning into Nvidia ending Game Stream and recommending Steam Link, which was really weird and surprising to me. Yeah. Uh, NVIDIA has announced that it will be ending its Shield TV game stream feature in February 2023. In response, users have expressed frustration and disappointment, with some arguing that the Steam Link app recommended by NVIDIA as an alternative is just not as good. For example, some users have reported that Steam Link has lower quality video, less responsive controls, or slower speeds compared to GameStream. Others have complained that the app's interface or the need to purchase a separate device to use it. Now, separate device, I mean, you already needed an NVIDIA Android device to use GameStream, so I don't know if I really buy that one because you can install Steam Link on a Shield. To be fair, I think it's a separate device compared to what... Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, so I don't agree with that. However... I do think that NVIDIA's investment into GameStream was um, a real one and a good one. It was a good product. Yeah. It was one that I personally was. was very enthusiastic about. So, and I've used Steam Link and they're right. It's not as good. It just... I want I Steam know. Link to be great. Yeah, um, but it's just not there. There are alternative options like Moonlight... That's dependent on GameStream. Oh, is it really? I thought it just used the encoder. I didn't think it actually piggybacked on GameStream. I'm not 100% certain. In in my completely independent of writing this article research, I heard that it's dependent on GameStream. Oh, that sucks. Right now, due to the power issues we're having, uh, we don't actually have chat. These local laptops do not have internet at all. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're working on that. But uh, for now, we got nothing. So yep. I can't I can't look into any of this and I can't see what you guys are saying, but uh, some have suggested using Sunshine, which is a game stream host for Moonlight, as an alternative. Do you have a sim tool? Do I have a sim tool? I do. Don't I know. Um, we should have at least like three hours. Uh, three hours. Let's go. There's a Jackery plugged into the UPS. There's a Jackery plugged into the UPS. Because uh, it has a 20 amp plug. Of course it does. Uh, shout out, shout, they didn't sponsor the WAN show today, but they might as well have. Shout out yeah. Jackery for like sending us a new Jackery every time we do any kind of work with them. So we just have this pile of Jackeries that we keep charged in the event of an emergency. With good reason. And apparently. are now using, which is amazing. Oh, you can use your my, phone. Yeah, my phone has internet. So perfect. I'm keeping it away from the cables because there's crazy feedback that comes through, but whatever. Cool. Um, because Moonlight uses NVIDIA Game Streams. NVIDIA's GameStream protocol, it is unclear if it will still work oh, after the mid-February update. So it might work. Might. But maybe not forever. Or it might just not. 
God, we, we have we have no idea. Uh, a petition. This isn't going to work. A petition on change.org has been created to try to reverse the decision to shut down GameStream. Um, the petition itself isn't going to work at all. Uh, maybe pressure in general towards NVIDIA will yeah. do something, uh, but no one has cared about petitions since like, the internet started. Um, yeah. So it's just a thing. Uh, yeah. Which is unfortunate, to be clear. We're not saying it should be that way. It no. just hasn't seemed to have any kind of effect. If you really want yeah. to get a company's attention, I would say that 100 tweets to their corporate handle is going to be a hundred times more effective than 10,000 signatures on a change.org petition. Especially if you get a bunch of people to do it at a very similar time. Yeah. So you can get it to trend or something like that. Or, and, and at a, at a time over an extended period of time, yeah. you need this to, because the thing is you can't rely on just the, the low level uh, customer interaction layer. It has to make it past them into middle management, into upper management, and an upper manager has to hear it from multiple sources before they will even begin to consider it. And it has to still be going because if it starts and then it dies off before it hits that level, yes. the person at that level is just going to go, look, it, it's already over. Yes. It's fine. This Problem is solved. clearly resolved. Yeah. So if you are upset, you have to make noise, you have to continue to make noise, and then you have to not stop making noise. And you have to hope a lot of other people are doing the same thing. Yeah, if you're by yourself, it's not going to accomplish much. I mean, for, I, man, I see this in a number of different ways. I haven't touched GameStream in a long time. I was just going to say. I have three shields in my house and I haven't touched it. As much as this sucks, it might ultimately be what NVIDIA needs to do. As much as we just told everyone how to complain about this properly. If not enough people are using it, and if it's not really a driver for people to purchase their products, et cetera, and it's this huge cost sink, like companies are companies. Yeah. And NVIDIA is definitely a company. Oh, heck yeah. So like if, if it's, there are some cost sinks that companies will keep around, cough, cough, the forum. Um, <laughs> uh, that doesn't cost that much. Not really. It's, it's not a huge cost sink, but it, yeah. it definitely loses money. Um, <laughs> It, it not yeah not a ton but it's negative yeah. um but like you can't do that with everything game stream is probably a relatively complicated thing to keep updated and, yeah, and so. working with everything all the time and performant and whatnot so like i'm not happy this is going away uh and i'm sure that the people who like started the change.org petition and the people that are really angry about this are people who have heavily integrated this into their setups and that sucks yep that's the thing that's what apple is so good at they don't always have the best product but damn it that sucky product in their walled garden with their stupid limitations is going to still exist in five years yep not always i mean their uh their servers went away uh what else could i point at as i mean <laughs> their professional desktops effectively went away then like, came back for back. one generation <laughs> like, and seemed to have gone away again yeah. they're not perfect but if you buy an iphone you can expect continuity you can expect that software for iphone will still be an option on newer hardware that i mean <clears throat> 3d touch uh you know by and large works the same way that the old one did but more betterer like that's something that is something that just plain sucks on the, the 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 PC Android more wild west open side of things, like I, I okay we did a video right before the WAN show 
on this wireless GPU. Okay, there was a, a 460 that had five antennas hanging off of it. GTX 460. I've got all these antennas hanging off of it. Has this receiver dongle that comes with it that has an HDMI out that goes into any HD display. And it was meant to be an all-in-one solution for wireless display. Okay? Super cool product. But if you buy into that, literally design your home theater setup around it thinking i'm definitely gonna have an upgrade path for this over the next few years i'm gonna integrate this into my life you're an idiot because it's not gonna happen <laughs> to be fair it's nvidia i don't think nvidia's killed a lot of their projects i can't think of a time. Vision. <clears throat> sorry um yeah that? but the whole world physics <laughs> Physics was around for a long time. Yeah, and it's technically still around, yeah. but not in the form that was promised to us in totally. the Agia days. And, Agreed. And in the wake of the NVIDIA acquisition, NVIDIA abandonwares things. They do. They do. I guess I guess my brain just keeps comparing it to Google and is like, no, not really. But yeah, those are those are a few examples. Yeah, sure. the Shield Portable, okay? Handheld, handheld gaming consoles. What happened to those? One and done. Boom, see you later. Now, nah, NVIDIA kills stuff. Let's not kid ourselves. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and, so, and so that really sucks. And that's one of the reasons that smart home has, has smart home technology has been such a, a, a struggle, right? Because there's no ecosystem that you can buy into and just hope for continuity. Well, you can buy into it and hope, but, you're, but it's not going to come true. And so our discussion question here is, to what extent does the removal of something like GameStream represent a broken promise to customers of the NVIDIA Shield? We can use Wayback Machine at this point to go look at the marketing of the Shield. Look at how prominently NVIDIA featured this particular uh, a capability of the product in their marketing and say, hey, this is tantamount to outright false advertising at this point. Yeah. And this is something that is happening more and more. Absolutely. Like a perfect example is what Google's done with their home, with their hub products and their, their Nest Home products, where that lawsuit from Sonos affected their ability to set up the product to such an extent that it is extremely user unfriendly now. I mean, you, you I'm sorry, but there has to be legislation put in place that says if you advertise a fucking feature you don't get to take it away with an update you can't update your product to make it worse my my steam deck doesn't work so i can't swear but it's like uh <laughs> it the power's out it's fine uh it, it's it, it's it's like the games recently as well, right? We talked about these games, especially VR games. Uh, there was a few of them that didn't sell super well. So they just completely offlined all their servers, but they're online only games and people bought them. I don't even care if one person bought it. Yeah, You advertise this game, you shouldn't be able to shut down the servers like one year later. That's crazy. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Or you should have to, as we've said so many times, you should have to release the server side code. Yeah. At and the if, very least, And if yeah. nobody picks it up, all right. So then. be it. Yeah. So be it. Yeah. But if you advertise the feature, then I think there needs to be legislation in place. Oh, your, your button's not working. I found out. Uh, that in good faith, you have to provide the community. You have to give stewardship over to someone so that it can yeah. be maintained. Yeah. And I think when it comes to software, there's a vibrant enough open oh, source absolutely. community that someone would take this and run with it. 
I don't know if they're going to run with it as well as uh, the the subcom guys, but yeah, uh, there there is still uh, there are communities outside of the uh, just honestly fairly stunningly awesome Supreme Commander community. There are communities outside of that that are running old games that have become uh, open source or shareware in some way, and it's it's pretty cool. Um, we have one more. Whoa, is that intentional? Oh, I think they're using Jackeries to restore. Wait, no, is is the power? Is the power on? No. no. Okay. The emergency lights are I on. I think that, yeah, they're using Jackeries to uh, to bring the lights back on. Oh, it is back on? The emergency lights are off, right? That should... Yeah, I think the power is back Okay. All right. Oh, that's so lame. The Jackeries had three hours. All right. We got this. Can we turn this back on? Yeah, it might be... Uh, hey. All right. It's cool. It's that right there. Um... Is someone from Floatplane trying to figure out getting access to these files to kind of stitch everything? AJ's back on it. Yeah. AJ, you are an absolute French Canadian champion. <laughs> um, I'm sorry I had to qualify. I'm, that. I'm, fair, I'm fairly certain he's got the first one coming down already. All right. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's even heard at this point that we need the second one. If you're watching this, AJ, I'm sorry, Let's but it's go. true. All right. We're going to do our third, maybe written by AI topic. Facial recognition was used to bar a lawyer, pun intended, from entering a venue. And this maybe doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but it's a big deal. A mother accompanying her daughter's Girl Scout troop to a Rockettes show at Radio City Music Hall in Manhattan over the Thanksgiving weekend was denied entry after facial recognition software allegedly identified her. So this is before submitting any kind of identification or ticket or yep. anything. Kelly Conlon, imagine doing this to a lawyer on purpose. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Kelly Conlon, the woman in question, works as a lawyer for a firm that is involved in a personal injury claim against um, MSG Entertainment, the group that owns the venue. She does not, however, practice in New York and is not involved in the particular case. So Conlon claims she was approached by security and asked to produce identification after passing through the metal detectors into the main lobby. A sign in the lobby does state that facial recognition technology is in use for the safety of guests and employees. Interesting. MSG Entertainment claims they have a policy that precludes attorneys pursuing active litigation against the company from attending events at our venues until that litigation has been resolved. Brutal. Absolutely what brutal. The heck timeline are we on, Luke? Imagine going into. Uh, I don't even know if these exist. Imagine going into an anchor, uh, one random person who's never even heard of this story that works at uh, one of the companies here, walking into an anchor store and being told to leave because they know that they're employed by the parent company of this company. Who that has, has some kind of ongoing dispute. Yeah. Like this can well, of it, worms. It doesn't even have to be a dispute, right? This can of worms is Open. wild. Imagine yeah. any uh, Sonos employee was to try <laughs> yeah. to use a Google Whoa. service. If they bought a Google Home and went to set it up and it used AI voice recognition to say, hey, we couldn't help noticing that you're such and such from Google's hardware division. Uh, why don't you go F yourself? And <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. See you later. 
absolutely wild. Yeah, that's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Discussion question. What are your feelings about facial recognition being used to bar people from events based on uh, scraped data sets like this? Um, when is it appropriate? When is it not? Where is the line? This is wow. bad. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm hot spotted. spotted. Uh, I, I can check though. I'll check. Jinx, you owe me a ride home. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, that was the plan. <laughs> um, I'm taking him for a ride in my new car. Yeah. Have you told anyone yet? I haven't really talked about it yet. I think that's the first, uh, first that's public the, announcement. That's the first public uh, acknowledgement. I don't know about appropriate, but one thing I'm going to throw out there is I think this might become a big thing for political events. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because if you can keep protesters out, by knowing what their affiliations are based on facial recognition. Where else they've that, been seen. Pairing that with public information like Twitter yeah. accounts or whatever else. Yeah. Um, and figuring out if you want to let people in. Uh, I, I think that's absolutely going to be a thing. I'm not going to take a stance on <laughs> what, how I feel about the appropriateness of that. I just s see that happening. I see this. I see this coming down to like a Supreme Court tier like like free like first amendment kind of thing in the US and then i suspect uh canada is going to pull their usual thing where we basically just copy uh, what the us yeah, does yeah do whatever the us does yeah um, yeah, we're a super cool independent country and we advance uh, directly in step with the U.S. Sometimes we ignore what they do, which is good. Yeah. Um, other times we ignore what not they do often. and it's not as good. Yeah. Anywho, the point is that this is, I think this is headed for the Supreme Court because I think ultimately there, there's going to be like a, like, a, like a personal rights argument from both sides. On the one hand discriminating against someone based on their profession or their place of work seems like pretty open shut. But on the other hand, to tell a venue that they are, that they do not have the right to refuse service to an individual customer on their own bloody property is also seems pretty open and shut. Right? It's weird. There's a strong argument both ways. Strong there's a, argument. There's a lot of technological stuff coming out right now that the law is so far behind yes and it doesn't help that half of the legislators in the western world are septuagenarians as far as i can tell no idea what's going on no idea what's going on <laughs> yeah and even the younger ones quite frankly could stand to be a little more tech savvy based on a lot of the c-span that i've seen yep yep okay so at least one jake has apparently joined the show oh no he's not sitting in the producer cam so we missed him lean to the right jake <laughs> apparently he's here in case the uh, the power goes out again things have, things have gotten a little hairy this it's been, evening it's been, it's been a fun night um, <laughs> yeah. oh, man. my roof caved in that's a fun thing uh okay. minutes after leaving my uh my apartment to come to work i got a call from my girlfriend saying that uh, part of the ceiling had ripped through and it was raining in one of the bathrooms um we thought it was a uh, a leak that we had previously found in the house that was caused by the AC. It wasn't that. It was the roof of the apartment building was leaking into the attic and then ripped through our ceiling. So that was cool. I haven't been to go. I haven't been able to go help with that. But she's been doing a great job. Of Luke had care to co-host a video with me before the show today, <laughs> uh, reacting to our worst videos. <laughs> 
And he should it. Okay, for real, I'm talking talking from the heart here. Okay, I have to commend your professionalism. Oh, he showed up looking like an actual storm cloud, <laughs> <laughs> like jaw set, teeth clenched, pissed. <laughs> we turned on the camera, and he's like, ha, ha, "This video is terrible." <laughs> <laughs> Classic Luke. It helps that they were actually pretty terrible. <laughs> We've made some stickers over the years. Oh, yeah. There's one. There's one that I had completely forgotten about. I actually have no memory of it at all. Hosted by Luke. Hosted, like, clearly it, it's something that I did. And it's bad. It's really bad. I Wow. Yeah. There's also a couple in there that I expected to see. The uh, the BlackBerry one, I like. I did the the second I heard the premise of the video, I was like, BlackBerry video, BlackBerry yep. video is going to be in there. Um, it's awful. Oh yeah, it's terrible. But yeah, it's, that'll be a that'll be a fun video. I have done some stuff. You know, I didn't feel like as a mid twenty something that my sense of humor was probably going to change. <laughs> I felt like what I was doing and thought was funny then, I would probably still think is funny in ten years. It's not fair. funny. We laughed at it. We did laugh. <laughs> but we were laughing at me. What was that one? Me. That WD video was so funny. It was not funny. It was cringe. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It was cringe so hard that it goes all the way around back to funny. There, there's a couple comments about my birds. The birds are fine. Um, my, my girlfriend got the birds back into cages. They're covered. Everything's fine. Um, we did not include the hide your porn one. I don't even think that video was that bad. I think that video did okay. It might yeah. be cringy, like the yeah. humor is probably terrible. Oh, oh. Um, but as I bad think as it, anything we've ever done. I think like performance-wise, I think it did fine. Um, I, I'll always remember the script review meeting for that. <laughs> because Luke wrote some cringy, like it, it was his idea to have like basically a, a lot of the shots be, you know, uh, suggestive, right? <laughs> And then I think that you thought, do you remember this? Uh, I, I, not with full clarity. I, yeah. I think that you thought I was going to come in and tone it down. And then I amped it up <laughs> to the point where even you were kind of like, oh, this is pretty bad. It honestly sounds about right. Yeah. 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 2.2 2. 2 million views on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's pretty good from seven years ago. There's some real tech tips in there. I mean, I don't know how relevant most of them are now that incognito mode and like just everything being shockingly well, easily accessible is a thing. Yeah. I guess it would help it hide from you like your parents to a certain degree, but incognito mode isn't really enough. I know. I'm pretty sure TrueCrypt was in there, which yeah. isn't really a thing anymore. Yeah. Um, so like it's, it's definitely a little dated, but Something yeah. like it probably useful still. Okay. Back to it though. We just did three core topics, Yuffie, NVIDIA, facial recognition. Yeah. Some amount. I haven't told them how many. It could be all of them. It could be one. It could be two. Some amount of them were written, massaged slightly so that it fits our format a little bit better, um, but but written uh, with some minor edits by ChatGPT. And now you need to try to identify which ones. I also because I think this is important and interesting, want to know why you think this for each one. Man, the fact that- The fact that it's this tough is very interesting. Okay, but the fact that a human went through and massaged it- That is true. That is true. Makes it really I tough. don't know how much of that was done because it wasn't me. Uh, James prepared this. Um, 
I do know that he said like many of these are like full sentences. Okay. Like he, he mostly shaped it instead of changed it. If that makes sense. That's, that's my understanding. It's been a bit, a lot has happened since, <laughs> since I talked to, I think Dr. the UC one was written by chat GPT. Okay. Um, That's the only one that I think for sure was written by ChatGPT. So you get one point. You get, okay, no, you get two points. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, he hasn't explained the point, so I think I can still clarify further. Yeah. I think that the NVIDIA one was written by a human. Okay. I am not sure about the facial recognition one. I don't know how to give you points anymore. Um, You got one right. Okay. You got one wrong. And you got one maybe, I guess. The the answer to the facial recognition one, uh the facial recognition one was written by a human. Both of the other two are chat GPT. Shoot. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Pretty crazy, eh? Yeah. Um, so we we've talked about this privately and I don't have this prepared. Um, but someone made, uh, I wish, I wonder if I can bring it up. Um, here, I mean, just so that you guys can see what the notes look like for these, because that might not be something that will translate perfectly for you. Here's the Eufy topic, um, which the reason that I thought that it was chat GPT was because it was far less editorialized than some of our writers tend to, uh, there's, there's also things like in a blog post addressed to Eufy security customers and partners, but Anchor, all of it's properly capitalized. There's yeah. a few things that can make it stand um, out slightly. This one, though, the fact that it like really talked about you know what's going on around this. So I will add some context. Yeah. It wasn't done, and, and some people on the stream will know this, and I think you'll know this. It wasn't done by just saying like, hey, summarize this link. Because no, it, it can't, can't do that. It can't crawl the web. So information was given to it. Talking points were given to it. And then it turned them into whatever. Still, so we gave it notes. Still. Yeah. One of them, uh, James gave it, I think it was like five or six links. It gave it the links. And like a five word blurb for each link. That was the NVIDIA one, actually. Um. It, 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 I wonder if I have a screenshot. I don't know if I'd be able to find it. Uh, it's in my team, so I wouldn't be able to show it very effectively sure. on stream. Um, but just very little information. But from information that is naturally in the URL of something that isn't obfuscated and the little tiny, like three to five word little snippet of each post, yeah. it wrote this NVIDIA article. Wow. Which is like pretty good. Wow. It was 100% enough for us to go off of. Super, super interesting. Um, I was talking to Linus the other day about, um, oh, this is not even the one that I found. I Googled it. I found a different one. So more than one person has done this, which is interesting. Should I go to your laptop? Um, I guess. I think this is what, yeah, you can go to it. So this is a... I don't know, every.to. I've never heard of this before. I built an AI chatbot based on my favorite podcast. Mm. Um this is a different person, though, 
than the one that I linked you. Yeah. And it's not the exact same thing, but it's extremely close. This one looks like a command line thing, whatever. I don't know. So the one that I had found, it's an actual website that you can go to. These are both based off of the Huberman Lab podcast. Uh, but people have taken, I'm assuming, I have not read this article. The other one, I know this is how this works, and I'm assuming this person did it in the same way. They use a different OpenAI product. Yeah. So they fed all of uh, Dr. Huberman's podcasts through Whisper, which is another OpenAI product, yep. which transcribes audio to text. And then they fed all of the text into GPT-3, and then they made it so that you can ask the chat bot, effectively, questions about what Dr. Huberman says in his podcasts. And it will go through all of the transcripts of all of these like three hour long, super dense podcasts, and it will pull answers out for you. The other one will also cite its references. Wow. So it'll say like, I got this from this podcast at this minute, and yep. you can click on it. It'll bring up the podcast at that timestamp. So you can listen to the original audio just in case you don't trust the transcription. This is super interesting for like a bunch of reasons. This is terrifying for content the creators. Po podcast industry. Yeah. Especially if you are a very information dense podcast, yep. like the Huberman Lab podcast, uh, because now people don't have to listen to your content or consume it at all. These random people on the internet just made a way completely detached from your content. Yep. That you have absolutely no way of being paid for. Nope. Yep. And they made a way for people to completely bypass all of your stuff. It's super helpful for users that want to pull information out of it. It's super not helpful for you being able to grow your your uh, your your channel or, or your audience. Continue to do your podcast. Continue to do it at all, really. So, um, from a copyright standpoint, though, man, see how do you control it's just, it? I mean, it's just like the artist thing, right? So there's nothing inherently wrong with AI generated or machine learning generated artwork. The issue is how it was trained and proper compensation for yeah. the data set that it was trained on. And Luke talked about this extensively enough in last week and the week before that I don't think we need to tread over it again this week. But basically, there's no problem with a bot that compiles answers to questions as long as it is properly compensating whoever's original work was used to train it. But as of this time, that's not being done. And there is no framework whatsoever for that to be done. So for the same reason that artists are crying foul about their artwork being used to train their machine replacement, uh, I could see a podcaster crying foul about their body of work, their body of copyrighted work being used to create a tool that irrelevance their copyrighted work. And I don't think you're going to be able to make a very solid fair use argument for something like this because, yes, for personal use, you could probably make the argument that there is nothing wrong with watching all of the episodes, therefore having all of the words for yourself and making those words, creating an index of those words and a way to recall various words in some way, right? But as soon as you make it more broadly available, especially commercially available, yeah. that falls apart. To be fair, all the ones that I've seen so far have not been commercially driven. Uh, one interesting one, the first one that I found, and I, I don't know why I can't find it right now. I'm sure I could if I use my Google Foo a little bit more effectively. But the first one that I found, uh, the whole thing is open source too. You put it all on GitHub. And the fact that multiple people have done this already... <laughs> 
proof that it's not really that hard. Yeah. The, the person that I had looked into originally said it took him less than a day. Because yeah. like it, it, the the process is all kind of already there. You're just sort of linking things together, right? We've got a couple uh, interesting um, uh, viewer comments here. Hmm. So Eric RC on Floatplane says, "Linus, I disagree. I don't believe most people listen to podcasts just for answers. There's a definite entertainment value. But this is just like what I was talking about earlier. Where just because you don't need to put your laptop to sleep doesn't mean that I don't." So yeah, this podcast, uh, I don't think anyone necessarily no one, need, no, one sees, no one needs to search this for information. <laughs> or it's unlikely, but someone could. Yeah, because we're, we're going to be a secondary source a lot of the time, unless yeah. you're looking for information about like my life or Luke's life or whatever else the case may be. And if that's the case, um, probably it would be more interesting to hear it as told by us anyway. I, yeah. I think The Wan Show is a more entertainment show anyhow. Um, and I'm not saying that because there's some kind of like liability. Oh, advice on the Wayne show should be taken for entertainment purposes only. It's just, I, I, I do, I do think that that's the show that we try to run for you guys. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that every podcast is like that. Some of them are very Q and A driven, very information driven. And Tubermans are extremely information driven. There are also not lots. Not entertaining. There are also no, lots not, of I don't other, know about that one, but. Sure. But, but there, there is a lot. You're right though. There is a lot of educational or informational based podcasts there's tons of science-based podcasts there's tons of uh even like uh it's more about keeping up with the industry yes and less about being entertained yes right yeah and so or like imagine there's a self-help podcast sure you might look for answers to somewhat common self-help questions sure. by using this thing whatever it is there are lots of not just like storytelling entertainment style yes things and so that's a that's a big challenge um, and an ethereal llama says, isn't this part of the territory when you post free content on the internet though? Mm, no, no. The content isn't free. We've talked about this before and some people are never going to understand it, but that's really just not my problem at a certain point. The content isn't free. There is an implicit agreement that the content is going to be supported in some way. Otherwise it won't exist. Otherwise it would explicitly be said that it is free. Linus Tech Tips is not free. Linus Tech Tips is paid for by um, yeah. by actual money, which we get from and, ads or from subscriptions. And it is it is possible that something is free, but that also does not mean that its license allows you to do this with it. Correct. Um, there there is a ton of different levels of variation when it comes to licensing, and you could absolutely release a podcast with a license where you allow people to do this. Absolutely. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. Uh, you could say everything that I say into this podcast is free for everyone to use in any way. And no, I did not just say that about Wancho. Um, but you could, you could say that, but I do not believe that has been said by these people. Um, but what I was going to say is a dangerous intrusive thought that comes up when I've already heard about this thing where they're taking podcasts and they're transcribing them and stuff. What stops people from setting up an RSS feed of trusted news sites, setting up a bot that is able to scrape the, the body of an article without grabbing all the ads and the other junk that's on mm -hmm. the page, taking all of that, feeding it to chat GPT, getting chat GPT to rewrite it, and then getting another system that they make to automatically post these actually, because chat GPT is pretty good at it genuinely rewritten articles 
And then they put their own ads on them. And then they just put their own Monetizing ads Monetizing someone else's work. Yep. It's all automated. Yep. Like. And so, oof. you know what? It's not going to completely destroy industries in a day. No. Maybe not even in a year. Give it 10 years. I mean, even three. Yeah. It's, it's going to be going. a very, that is already an entire news industry. Yeah. But it's usually junk. And if you're like paying attention pretty much at all, you can usually kind of tell. No, you can. Uh, a lot of people can't. Fair enough. Which is why we're. But this this moves that today. bar up anyway. quite a bit. Yeah. People have found a few different accounts because you can kind of prod them in the right way. They people have found a few different Twitter accounts that are using AI generated faces as their profile yeah. that look extremely convincing. Yep. Like you can't tell. That Especially it's not a real at that person. size, at that resolution. It, you really can't tell. Yep. Um, and then they have fully chat GPT written tweets and replies. The whole account. And the ones that I have kind of found with, with advice from other people on how to find them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, all of the ones that I have found, it looks like people are just experimenting. I don't think they're really using them to any goal yet. Yep. But yeah, it's, it's uh, going to happen. Yeah, we're headed in an interesting direction. And uh, it's hard to find out. Uh, Lerodos says, what about content creators doing this themselves to search their podcasts? I mean, yeah, we could. Sure. But what I can tell you is that right now there is no, like zero effective way to monetize something like this. And pretty much any podcast that you know and love, if it has any kind of monetization on it now... If you were to say to the creator, hey, uh, why don't you use this tool where people don't have to watch the podcast you monetize and they can just get all the information that they need without watching it and you monetizing it, why don't you do that? They're going to be like, what? Why? Some, some that like they really don't care about their podcast as a career path or yep. whatever and they just want the information Absolutely. out there. Absolutely. Sure. And again, I did specify ones that are currently monetized. Okay. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, yeah. And Kai M says, I mean, ad block is a thing. What's your take on how this is different to that? It's not. Uh, we, <laughs> what his take is on that is pretty documented. <laughs> yes. I, I think I, I think I've been pretty clear about it. Uh, the yeah. part that people got confused about is I never actually said never use an ad blocker. What I said is own it. Yeah. Just own it. Yeah. Understand. Put what on doing. your hat. Yeah. Wear your shirt. Yeah. We've even sold a shirt. Yeah. I like it. Just own it. It's a nice shirt. That's all, that's all I said. Just just, <laughs> just deal with it. And if you have, like, if you feel all guilty about the word, then... Maybe that's something Then you should do some self-reflection. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. <laughs> otherwise, then just, yeah, just, just own it. Just deal with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> A-D-F-A-K-L-S-D-J-E-F over on Floatplane says, I bought two shirts. <laughs> yeah, you did. I don't think, yeah, we, oh, very man. understandably, I yeah. I will say, but I don't think we have been doing uh, merch message curation at all. Oh, yeah, we, sh okay. Um, where's Dan? Uh, is Dan still here? <laughs> I don't know. Dan! Dan! <laughs> I'm looking through them right now. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, we've actually got an update on LTT Store. Speaking of ways that we will still be able to survive because we are a mature, well-diversified company. I don't mean mature like we don't make fart jokes. Jokes? Jokes? 
Um, I mean, mature, like we have developed a, a lot of revenue streams to help us weather, uh, you know, whatever AI storms are headed this way. LTT store is a huge one. Uh, I think I said this before, but 2022 is the year that LTT stores revenue will be greater than our media production revenue. Uh, massive shout out to all of you guys for, for making this possible. Massive shout out to the team responsible for it. Uh, Nick, Kyle, Bridget, Sarah, Lloyd. Oh my goodness. I'm going to miss some people. It's going to be really awful. Uh, you know, Natalie, uh, Adam, Nolan, uh, there's some new people in customer care. I don't know their name yet, so I'm not going to include them. But, you know, uh, we got Hannah, Matthew, Alama Day. Uh, the team there is Conrad. Am amazing. Thank you. Uh, massive, massive shout out to the Floatplane team for making that whole thing happen. Like, it's been, it's been a long time coming, but it means that our future... Joe as an independent media company is basically assured as long as you guys continue to support us in that way. Uh, we've got a deal for you guys this week. Uh, where is it? Oh, wait. This just says lttstore.com deal of the week question mark. I thought we did have something to talk about this week. Oh, we have something I didn't talk about last week, if nothing else. Um, yeah. Is that still running? We launched the mystery hoodie. Well, oh, it's, it's right. not a matter of like new running product. or not. Yeah, yeah we just sense. have a new product. So the mystery hoodie is $49.99. You don't know what hoodie you'll get, but you can find some hints in the uh, <clears throat> in the reviews that, that are up. We ran this as a promo during the Black Friday's uh, period. It's, yeah, that's not the pricing that we're going to be doing for it in the long term. It's going to be 50 bucks, but we've got everything from small to triple XL. And you guys can uh, check it out. Mystery hoodie sales are final. We do not offer returns or exchanges, but it is a way to get yourself into an LTT hoodie for a pretty aggressive price. Uh, we're also shipping backpacks in real time now. They're not backordered in any way. Uh, what else is there that I could really say about the store right now? I mean, yeah, I guess that's I guess that's probably that's probably enough. Um, all right, and uh, picking something up on the store is the way to send a message into the show. They're called merch messages, and they're better than super chats, better than Twitch bits, because all of the money you spend will go into something that you actually get to keep and use and enjoy instead of lining the pockets of big tech. That's our that's our sales pitch, and uh, if YouTube and Twitch and Facebook uh, operated the same way as Twitter, I probably wouldn't be allowed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we never live streamed on Twitter, so yeah. whatever. Deal with it. Oh, we figured out afterwards you can't. Periscope's dead. Right. Spaces is not the same thing. So we couldn't. Yeah. Yep. Uh right. Uh I guess we should do a couple. Have you I have you, curated some. I'm curated working on going All through right. the incoming. Dan's yep. not here, so I'm gonna go ahead and uh go through a couple of our curated ones and we'll get back to some more topics here. Should I talk about the big thing that happened this year? Like the really big one. The one where we convened like uh, a council of people to talk about it. It's it's past the NDA date for it. So I, I could talk about it. What, like the first one? The the really big event that... The really big maybe? The really big event that we talked about and ultimately decided not to, to do. No, the second event then. Should we talk about the second big event? I'll let you think about it while I go through a couple of merch I messages. I don't think so. I mean, I think it might be interesting for the people to have some idea. It's also the kind of thing that if I worked here, I probably wouldn't want to hear about it on the WAN show. Yeah. But, I mean, are they used to it at this point? Maybe. I mean, they are, but that doesn't mean it's a good thing. <laughs> 
Um, Atomic Age A Silver on Float Plane says, do it, cowards. <laughs> I mean, I would say the same thing if I was in the audience. Um, I do think you should probably discuss this with other internal people before we do, though. James do. Ryan says, do you have a recommendation for messaging into the show for people who might not want to have a physical object show up? Uh, buy a gift card on LTT Store yep. and then just never spend it, I guess. Yep. Or spend it eventually. Or gift it. It's a gift card. Yeah. Give it to someone else. It's a gift card. Yeah. At least that way you're not throwing away any money. Yeah. Right? Yep. Don't throw away money. Because like, what's the overhead on like uh, on a super chat? Like 30%? 40%? Something, something like that? that. Yeah. yeah. Why are you doing that? Yeah. All right. Uh, Anonymous says, hey guys, wanting to get into IT soon. And with the technical difficulties experienced tonight, I was wondering how help desk issues are solved at LMG. Is there an official ticketing system or just grab the nearest Linus? Uh, there's no official ticketing system. So you would first go to logistics uh, with Dan being your main point of contact for that sort of thing. And then if he's not around, I believe there's someone else who is like, can kind of be helpful. And then it's going to fall to Jake. We actually have some documentation for catastrophic failures that uh, Luke and Jake have been working together on so that you'll be, you'll have some, some docs that you can go to. They're not really intended for the average user. They're intended for more like a me or an Anthony to look at. Or, or even people that work on it all the time it's it's mostly a like everything around you is on fire and everyone's panicking let me go back to this thing so i don't actually have to think about it so i can put my mental power elsewhere and just follow these steps and get everything back online as soon as possible it also like organizes all the information that you need does stuff like that it's a good idea to have disaster recovery procedures it's something that i think we could do better but it's something that also is working reasonably well for us um i think that because we are a company of relatively tech savvy people we it probably helps. have a lot fewer i can't figure out how to open my email client my computer won't turn on oh many, it's not plugged in yeah then many companies would so it hasn't overloaded those guys yet but as we expand into more, say, for example, like physical goods manufacturing, where we can't expect people to have a high level of technical proficiency, like maybe they're a wizard with a sewing machine, but, you know, a computer, what's a computer, right? I, I don't I don't know. Then we might have to deal with more of that, and it might be something that we'll have to address. Um, Kevin M., can you test whether lifting a laptop by its palm rest causes a mouse click to register? I frequently carry around my laptop while watching full screen videos and it's frustrating having them pause all the time. Both my XPS 15 and my LG Gram do this. So I, I curated this. I thought it was actually kind of an interesting question because yeah. I have experienced this before. Me too. So like maybe something interesting for the labs to consider if they yeah. start getting into laptop testing. It could even be like a mostly pass fail. Like if by lifting it at any point in these sort of designated areas, it causes a mouse click to register, um, then fail kind of thing yeah yeah it's an interesting interesting idea all right i'm going to uh, submit that to gary uh you might have to do the next one because i'm typing an email okay i'm actually going to do one that isn't curated yet but i was just going to curate it uh so this is from colin r he said what what are your thoughts on the potential of ai generated video game assets do you think that oh i found it again uh, <laughs> do you think that engines like unity or unreal engine will develop 
tools for easy integration of AI-generated assets in the workflow. Uh, I think they are absolutely going to be a thing. I would highly suspect that both of those engines will eventually find some form of integration, uh, including the potentiality of that integration just being a tool that is built into that engine. I have already seen examples of people using chat GPT input prompts into something. I don't remember what it was. It was some AI art program thingamajigger. And it was making texture maps for models that they made in 3D. Yeah, um, I saw that too. Like CAD software. So they were modeling like buildings and or they were texturing like buildings and stuff. Yep. Some of them were surprisingly good. Does it look perfect? No, no. But I've seen games that were worse. Uh, yeah, I've seen finished games that were a yeah, lot worse. Yeah, relatively modern ones too. Like, yeah, that it, it's 100% going to be a thing for sure. Stable diffusion. Was that it? Yeah. I think a bunch of people saw this. It was, it was relatively trendy. So yeah. Absolutely wild. All right. All right you guys to... have got some more time to send in some merch messages. Uh, the producer's back. Sup, Dan. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> how, how are, how are the, yeah. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and you've seen better days, my friend. I live for this stuff. Don't you? Uh... Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Let's good go. Stuff. Good this stuff. has been an absolute poo show today. To be fair, this is good stuff. Yeah, like we this. appreciate you guys sticking with us through the technical difficulties. For yeah. once, it wasn't our fault at And all. I think the response to it was pretty good. We, you know what? If it hadn't was been, it flawless? if it hadn't been for a thing that I can't really disclose that yeah. is special about the WAN show setup, I don't think our I don't think our stream would have even stopped. Wouldn't even have coughed. No, it was it was just yeah. that that was the only problem. And we will have that addressed for next time. It was just one of those things we just didn't. Yeah, we didn't think about that. The WAN show will need to continue through a power outage. Yeah. Like, we are set up so that. In the event of a long-term power outage, we can at least finish, we can have one editor finish today's video. That's kind of the, that's the bar, right? And everyone else can shut down their work or shut down their computers and save their work safely. Um, but now that we know that we could do this, I'm thinking daisy chain jackeries. <laughs> I'm thinking backup batteries on all the key pieces of infrastructure. Let's go. Power off land show. Yeah, we can do about three and a half hours. Yeah. Which is, I mean, uh, I a lot of land shows get pretty close to that yeah, these days. But not but, longer. But they don't go past that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. This is great. Um, all right. What else do we got today? Apple to allow third-party app stores and side-loading in Europe due to Digital Markets Act. We talked about this a little bit last week, but it hadn't been fleshed out in the dock because of a miscommunication, so we're going to get into it in a little bit more detail. One really quick thing. Dan, are you on merch messages now? I'm trying my best. Got it. If you guys can help, that'd be great. Okay. Apple has signaled that it will abide the EU's Digital Markets Act and allow third-party app stores and side-loading on iDevices. This is exciting the dma is intended to prevent abusive market power and allow new players to enter digital markets basically leveling the play playing field against big tech it was signed into law in september came into effect in november and active enforcement will begin in may that is a 
fast timeline that for such a, a fast such an earth-shaking change to the way that these digital markets have worked up until now. Apple's objections to date have been numerous. It will be confusing for users. It will be a gold rush for the malware industry and a cybercriminal's best friend. This would destroy the security of the iPhone. I'll be very interested to see if uh, Apple's marketing around the security of the iPhone changes. I'm willing to bet they don't say the iPhone is not secure. Yeah. Hmm. So maybe they can overcome this after all. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and they said Android experiences 5 million attacks per month. Okay. Yeah. Um, and? How many do they? Yeah. Incidentally, the news triggered a stock surge for dating services and apps. Oh, wow. You'll finally be able to have, like, say, for example, a pornography app on, on, the, on the App Store. Yeah. Like, Apple has long taken a, a moral high ground against certain types of content. Interesting. Well, you, unless it's in Safari web browser, nobody can use Apple software and hardware to view such things. Get real, guys. Um, while this is broadly seen as a victory for consumers, some are less sure. Sami Fathi, a writer for MacRumors, says that many questions remain on how Apple might implement this and suggests that it might, in effect, force people to sideload. Um, apps must be able to access services and sensors, and sideloading could offer greater control for apps than the App Store's restrictions allow. I, I have no idea what Sami's point is right now. Uh, companies like Meta and Spotify are incentivized to leave as they're in direct competition with Apple and Apple and chafe under App Store's rules. Um, yeah. So no, what's actually going to happen is in order for Apple to maintain any kind of revenue from the App Store, they're going to have to take a less abusive cut and they're going to have to relax their, their policies. It's good. This is good for consumers. All you're doing is re yeah, Sammy, all you're doing is reiterating why this is good for consumers. Um, okay. Bit odd. This is a problem. This is a really good point. Making sure that people are running the latest app revision this way is going to be a major issue for developers versus just having the app store manage this. Um, that's going to be messy. And then this third point, basically it's a mess all around. I, 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 I disagree. Um, Android already allows sideloading. No, it is not a mess all around. Most users, I promise you, don't sideload anything. And it'll probably be the same way. But if Apple has major cash cow apps come to them one after another, after another, after another, this is finally a way for partners to put pressure on Apple to actually be partners rather than servants of Apple, rather than just being grateful that Apple gives them the privilege of being part of their, their fiefdom or whatever. Um, limited sideloading is already a thing on iOS, so yeah, things might not change that much, but right now it's very restrictive. Users have to import a certificate to do so. It has to be refreshed weekly to function if you aren't a developer. There's an app limit of three. Um, Alt Store, I've never even heard of this, is apparently a third-party app store that automatically refreshes the certificates. 
Now, this discussion question, who's right here and why, I think I've made my position pretty clear. Uh, this is a win for consumer choice. And again, this is one of those things where if you're an Apple user who wants to only use the App Store, then by all means, you should have no objection to this for everyone else because you can keep just using the App Store. Go for it. I don't want to, and I don't like Apple's monopolistic behavior. So I might choose to do something else. It's called consumer choice. You have the choice to do it that way. And this is effectively uh, a legislative body stepping in and saying, yeah, Apple has not in good faith provided consumer choice, has not in good faith put themselves on a level playing field with their competitors on their ecosystem and has behaved in a monopolistic way. If they had if they had acted in good faith, this probably wouldn't have come to bite them, but they didn't, and so it has. Too bad. I don't feel bad for them. I just can't. They've been just arseholes to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. At like every turn. They've made their bed. Now they sleep in it. Yeah. I'm glad the EU actually has the stones to do this. Now, the next discussion question is, what would a more open iPhone look like? Would you be more or less likely to buy one? if it supported third-party app stores and sideloading. Because man, with sideloading, I'm imagining anyway, a lot more functionality that I just can't get unless I want to jailbreak this stupid thing. Yeah, I think it really depends. It depends what services start putting themselves up to be sideloaded. It depends if, sure. if users really start actually doing it at all. Uh, because if users don't do it, then companies aren't going to bother running that setup anyways. Like. There's a lot of variables there. I think it's one of those things where like first generation of it might not necessarily matter too much, but it'll be interesting to see how it evolves over time. I have another discussion question. Would Flowplane just immediately go the sideloading route or would we try and stay on the App Store? Because I know which way I lean right now, but let's have executive dialogue here. Let's talk about synergies. What, uh, one problem with sideloading, one of the reasons why we've avoided sending out packages like that in the past is yeah. updates. Yeah, um, absolutely. We don't have an in-app updater that is something that is possible, but that is a tool that we would have to make. Which costs money. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It, re it really depends. I, I could definitely see someone making like some open source uh, like package updater for iPhones or something. Yeah, or an alternate app store. Or that they have their own updater. Yep. Yeah. Something like so. So if I mean, there's a lot of potential there. Um, there's definitely a lot more we could do with the app if we could, if we could just let it get side loaded. Um, there's there's a lot of things that we've been stopped from doing. Like we'll get we'll get complaints. People will email customer support and they're like, "Hey, this isn't very intuitive." It's like you are 100% correct. I completely agree with you, and I apologize that there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Because like we can't, they're yeah. like, it would be really great if when I go to try to do this thing, it could tell me that like, I have to do it on the website and it's like, yep, that would be awesome. But we can't, we so, can't send you to our website. Sorry. It is what it is. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's just, and they, they've gotten a little bit better with it over time, but like, it's still far from what I would consider acceptable. Yeah. I think merch messages are much more under control there's there's three uh potentials no incoming and then we have 15 curated so we have a lot to go through but the the wave has uh 
subsided. Let me uh, uh, let me jump through a couple of these really quickly. Um, Epic Games is going to be paying half a billion dollars for COPPA violations <clears throat> and the use of dark patterns. Are you familiar with dark patterns? Yeah. I would think that you would be. Good. Yeah. Then why don't you explain them? Because you probably know more about them than so I do. So a dark pattern, <laughs> uh, and I apologize if I explain this poorly, but a dark pattern is like trying to mislead or trick users in certain ways um yeah, like so manipulate your website or your service so that um manipulate the appearance of things manipulate the user experience of things like where you position different buttons manipulate things to try to funnel people in a certain direction which is probably not, not something that they would want to do yeah so like if you if you kind of obscure your sign up to a newsletter thing and it's a checkbox and it's automatically checked, but it's like really small and it's somewhere that you wouldn't expect. Yeah, that'd be a dark pattern. That would be a dark pattern. Or if you have like a um, like a buy now button, okay, for a product someone might want. And then in very small text, it says you authorize us to send you one of these every month. Yeah. And you didn't realize that you were recurring signing up for yeah. a subscription service. That would yeah. be that would be a dark yeah. pattern. So it's, it's using subtlety to uh, get users to do inputs that are not what they actually want. Uh, so uh, two hundred and forty five million dollars of the settlement is in refunds for dark patterns and billing practices that essentially made it too easy to make purchases in-game, often accidentally, according to the FTC. It is claimed that Epic would intentionally switch button positions to create situations where charges were made with a single button press. Uh, charges would also be made when the game would be woken from sleep mode through these dark patterns of deceitful UI. Until 2018, Epic would allow charges to be made without cardholder action or approval, so by default, simple button presses would lead to charges. Um, the rest of it is for violating the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, COPPA, by not including adequate parental controls, collecting children's personal information without parental consent, and using overly relaxed privacy settings that included text and voice chat being active by default, which I think we can all agree is not good when kids are gaming online. I don't want to hear their annoying voices. Sorry, what were we talking about? <laughs> Other examples, by the way, can include things like some of these were brought up in Floatplane chat. Uh, if you're trying to like unsubscribe from something, the like cancel button being really big and obvious and the yeah. unsubscribe button being like a hyperlink that you can barely even tell is a button. Um, it's one that you see fairly often with subscriptions. Man, I was... Okay, so a little while ago, my uh, my grandfather passed away and we were going through and canceling some of his online subscriptions and accounts and things. And he had Amazon Prime. Canceling Amazon Prime is hard. Why is it so hard? Because Daddy Bezos needs more yachts. And I legitimately think, I, I almost, man, I had told myself I wanted to rage on the WAN show about this. And I think I forgot about it. But I think it's genuinely like oppressive to old people. Yeah. Because it's really confusing. And they like move around where you need to press the cancel button and they frame it in a bunch of really weird ways. And like the website feels like it degrades. Like it feels like you go back to like 1990s internet because you get these like weird ancient UIs as you're going through. And like, it's very weird. You like, you feel like you're doing something wrong 
like it just it's so not okay in my opinion it, i don't know it, it it like actually bothered me a lot i already don't exactly have the most positive relationship with amazon so i do have to consider that um but it was actually like really terrible yeah luke was probably in more of a hurry to cancel a prime subscription than most people would be <laughs> yeah that's probably fair enough uh but like another thing and this i i this is not a drag on him he had multiple amazon accounts that we it's ended up figuring out really easy to accidentally do that at multiple prime subscriptions it should be way harder to do that yep like i just man i i don't know it's, someone in full plane chat just just said i'm a sysadmin and it took me 20 minutes to cancel prime it should be one click that should not be okay like that's actually crazy. I I don't know. It's in my opinion that's an extremely egregious version of like a, a dark pattern. Yeah, it's it's trying to push people to not do the thing that you don't want them to do. So, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to uh, read this comment from Jedi Two uh, tagging Dan. You guys handled the outage well. Very impressed. The show wasn't canceled tonight. Luke and I have a streak. Okay. Yeah, it's not allowed to happen. It never entered my mind that the show was not going to go on tonight. I will not be responsible yeah, for breaking the, the streak. No no one here is going to be the one to break the streak. I, I, I was told that I have too much vacation time recently, so I had to book some vacation time. And when I was trying to figure out when I could book it, I was describing like, okay, I could do these things, whatever. I was like, I can't take Fridays off. It's just, it's not an option. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> when show must go on. When I was traveling, I technically had those Fridays off, but I was just like, no. <laughs> I'm on vacation this week. Yeah. Ex perfect example. You know that. Yeah. It's yep. going to happen. When I'm, show must go on. <laughs> I'm on vacation right now. What's up? <laughs> Um, Speaking of things that might have brought people back from vacation, uh, this isn't really properly in the dock, but the write-up by Scotty Seng on the forum is quite good, so we're going to use that. Um, alert for LastPass users. The breach in August was worse than expected. A lot worse. I use LastPass. I've hated it for so long, but I have assigned the task of switching our corporate password manager over to something else to multiple people for like almost two years now and it I hasn't think, been done actually uh, over a year i think i'm gonna take the mantle are you that would be great thanks yeah uh can we go with uh is KeyPass the one that has the local nonsense i don't know well i want that one. i haven't done research in yeah. it, like basically at all i just i've been like frustrated that we haven't switched for or quite a while password? and then yeah. this article came out and i was like we're moving. <laughs> like i'm gonna find a way i'm gonna get it done we're moving we have to move um uh, but anyways yeah Previously mentioned breach in August. LastPass mentioned encrypted data was downloaded, but still secure. However, this recent update states that the breach was worse than expected as actors can brute force uh, decrypt the copied backup vaults that were removed out of their LastPass secured cloud containers. LastPass is advertising users to, sorry, advising users to reset and update all passwords, especially the master password. Uh, this is not exactly... The worst part is that... There's information that is yeah. stored in plain text. Yeah. So this is usernames I, and passwords, not so much. But the as far as I can tell, the the main account information, so the name, uh, email address, is accessible to the hackers, and the URLs. Yes, the URLs were stored in plain text. Yep. 
So what that does is it makes the process of going through and trying to brute force the username and password much easier yep. if you know what service it's for. So that's one thing. And number two is the entire web history of a user is pretty valuable, even without the usernames and passwords. And you would have it. because well, it's, it's, it's not the entire web history. Well... It's, it's, it's every, everywhere that you have you, an account. It's yeah. A, yeah. It's very similar, but not the same. Okay. I'm just saying. Sure. I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, this is horrible. Um, yeah. I'm just going to get out in front of it. I look at some bad stuff on the internet. Sure. If mine leaks, whatever. There's stuff in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And like one, one of the things too is like, yeah, people people can say like these master passwords are going to be basically impossible to brute force. It's a non-zero possibility. Yeah. And like compute, it's going like this. Yeah, <clears throat> and people can find ways to break certain types of encryption and and all this other type of stuff. So you should update all of your passwords, and that's gonna suck. But you should do it anyways, and you should leave LastPass. That would be my suggestion. Yeah. Yep. So we need to update all of our passwords. Yeah. And especially our passwords for celebrityfeetpicks.com. Yeah. Do you got that one? I don't even know if that's a real site. It probably is. I think I think it has to be. Isn't there's some there's some website that does that. I don't know oh, if it's sure called that. Yeah, this particular one isn't it. Oh, nope. It's okay. uh it's this at the moment. Oh, so it seems to be parked. Yeah, it's parked. Yeah. There's there's something like that though. Oh, I'm sure there is. Because I remember like forever ago you were on there or something. On where? I think we like joked about it. You were on some website that like tracks celebrity fee picks. I Shut I, up. I guarantee this is a thing. Um I did not think this was gonna be something we were gonna be looking up on WAN show today. Um but I like oh, men.wikifeet? Wikifeet, yeah. Interesting. Yep. Is that you? I mean, this is. Yeah. This almost certainly is. This is. I'm pretty sure this is. Yeah. This is my old bathroom scale. That's yeah. definitely my towel. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's weird. Oh, you might want to close the page. I think there was something. Don't. No, no, no. Close it. Just close the page. Just close the page. Okay. I see. Yeah. All right. Well. It is what it is. <laughs> um, a UK regulator warns that sharing Netflix passwords may be illegal. Oh. UK's Intellectual Property Office said on Tuesday that sharing passwords to access content breaks copyright law. The comment was seemingly unsolicited as Netflix has never stated that it would take legal action against British people for sharing passwords, uh, which is jolly good of them, I suppose. Uh, and since making the comment, the IPO has removed references to password sharing from the guidance portion of their website. But a spokesperson confirmed the agency's stance on the matter, saying there are a range of provisions in criminal and civil law which may be applicable in the case of password sharing, where the intent is to allow a user to access copyright protected works without payment. 
TLDR, sharing a password is illegal in both a criminal and civil sense, according to this particular Sorry, I'm gonna, body. I'm going to interject for a second. What now? People pointed out that you you didn't notice that was a problem because you don't you don't see ads. <laughs> it's true though. It just, it just happened. We weren't kidding. It's actually a thing. <laughs> Oh, I find that so funny. Remember those uh <laughs> remember those ads that oh, would man. have like a super attractive woman and then it would be like by the way there's a car in the picture or whatever. Oh like, yeah. Like you know sure. that that super like cringe style of yeah. of ad. Yeah. Um you just see the car? Well no, I just didn't see anything. You wouldn't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you see oh, the delay? Man. How long it took for me to find a pair of breasts on a web page? <laughs> doesn't see the ad. I can't see it. It doesn't matter what's on the ad. If it's an ad, I can't see it. It's invisible to me. We try. I'm so happy that we now have like really good proof because like I know it's a thing. But when you try to tell people, I think a lot of people are like, "Oh yeah, sure, whatever." Like, like I don't. I'm not affected by ads. No, he doesn't see them. It's different. <laughs> like, it's actually fundamentally different. <laughs> so it's like Linus is ad block. Yeah. <laughs> I can get annoyed by them. Uh, like the video we were shooting earlier uh, with the worst videos, we were logged into the Linus Tech Tips Google Ads, our, our um, uh, Google account. Yeah. Uh, because that's the only way for us to see the true like dislike ratio, which kind of helps when we're when we're watching the content and trying to figure out what was so bad about it, right? Uh, and we don't have premium on that account. And I was annoyed by waiting to watch the video I want to watch, but I couldn't tell you a single thing we saw an ad for. <laughs> Not a single one. I have no idea. All I really remember was registering because I we've talked about this before i have a premium account all i remember was registering that there was like we had to wait eight seconds for the current one and there was another one coming and i was like oh my goodness this is crazy but i don't remember what the ads were That's because all i'm looking at is that timer for yeah. when i can click skip yeah that's literally the only thing interesting it becomes like a reaction timing game as soon as i realize i can't skip it my attention is somewhere else <laughs> it sure as heck isn't on my computer yeah yeah yeah. But yeah, sorry, that was just, that was really funny. Um, Anywho, uh, despite no streaming service ever, so much as hinting at pursuing legal action against password sharers, um, CPS, the Crown Prosecution Service, has not ruled out the possibility of it seeking criminal charges against people that privateer password from their friends and loved ones. That's got to be wild. Oh, they would need to have the case referred to them. Hmm. So one of the streaming services would have to pursue legal action. Interesting. I mean, I don't think this is going to happen. To put this in perspective, torrenting could carry a sentence of up to 10 years. It was raised from two years in 2017 on the recommendation of the IPO. However, most prison sentences for piracy have been for those running torrent sites or live streams. Uh, here's our discussion question. Oh boy. If Floatplane yeah. were to pursue legal action against someone for sharing a password, what would you anticipate the fallout to be like? Oh, we, terrible. we have never considered pursuing legal action for that. We actually have some stuff that kind of tracks it. Um, I Really? I didn't I even know. know of a couple accounts that like are almost certainly doing that. Uh, we have banned an account for doing it, at least one account for doing it on like a mass scale. I know but about that. When, when, 
we think it's probably a situation like I ran into one where I actually ended up talking to them about it. This was like a few years ago when I used to stream, um, but they came into my stream and I was like, oh, it's you. You have the same username. And I just asked them about it. And it was like it was on one IP for like a super long time. And then it was on two IPs. two IPs. Yeah. And it's like, huh. And it, they were like, yeah, I mean, my brother and I shared an account when we lived together. And then I don't remember the exact details, but it was something along the lines of like, I went to university or whatever. We I, both still use the account. And I'm like, cool. I was half I, expecting like, it to be, I was half expecting it to be my parents divorced. Oh, <laughs> well, no. Okay. The thing that yeah. we were seeing was it being used at the same time. Right. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Um, so oh. like. It, and my parents watched the land show. <laughs> But yeah, like, I don't, I don't care about that. I don't, I'm not encouraging people to do this, but like, if it's within reason, I, I, don't, I don't think we've ever really, really taken care. a stance on it. Yeah. yeah. The problem is when you post like your username and login on some forum and you're like, how about it, God? Like, yeah. that's when it becomes an issue if you're sharing it. Or with... if you're using your account to download the material and then redistributing it, then obviously. Yeah, there's the, issues there. But you. as long as yeah. you're not like really abusing it, like we don't really care. Um, what if Flowplane was 300 times the size? I mean, I'm sure we would see it the same way as we do now, to be completely honest. Um, we would be not happy with people that were mass sharing it. Um, but in the way that I think a lot of Netflix accounts were shared back in the day, I think it would kind of be fine. Um, I don't know. Yeah. We should do some merch messages. Yeah. Cause those, we definitely, um, those definitely help us survive. Yeah. All right. Hit us, Dan. Okay, I've got one here from You're Maxim. Uh, hey, Linus and Luke and behind-the-scenes people liking the Spooky Wan show. Yeah, Wanted... should we go spooky for the rest of merch messages? Okay, I'm sure. down. Let's do it. I'll do it. No, no. You, you got it. You, you got, got your it. thing. You got your thing. Okay. Uh, wanted to ask Linus when the Secret Shopper Part 3 is coming. Been oh, waiting okay. for a while. So I wanted to interject on this one, and I actually wanted to answer this one, yeah, although show. he's probably going to say the same thing. Uh, the whole point is that we can't tell you because the, and I wanted to make sure I said that before he oh, potentially yeah. says something else. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we, the companies can't know it's coming. Yep. So has to be boom out of nowhere. Yep. You never expect the Spanish inquisition. Yeah. So sorry, but no, Yeah. there will be another one. It might be happening now. It might be happening in a couple of years. It might've happened already. Who knows? We might've filmed it all already. Can't tell you anything. I'm sorry. Yeah. You mole? Who do you work for? Is it I buy power? Is it main gear? Is it Dell? Tell me. No, it's not Dell. Dell doesn't care. <laughs> All right, I got another one here from Tom. Hi guys. Do you think overclocking is slowly fading away now yes. that CPUs and yes. GPUs are already yep. pushing the limits? Yes. Yes. Easy. Quick. Got another one here from Jake. Hi, Linus. You seem to enjoy making some videos a lot more than others, like the recent chat GPT PC build. Do you ever wish you could do more passion project videos? And do you uh, would you need a smaller channel slash team to be able to do so? Merry Christmas all. Um, I mean, you're already seeing that you're already seeing that process playing out, right? Like that's where the smaller channels like Short Circuit are coming from. Short Circuit's a way for us to cover products that just wouldn't get enough eyeballs on them to justify uploading to LTT because it would just harm the channel. And you're going to see a lot more of it. Um, I think you can expect to see more niche channels as the lab team builds out their testing capabilities and we have all this data and we need to publish it somehow, right? Yep. Um, in text is great, but it doesn't make any money. So obviously we're going to continue to do what we do best, which is create video content. 
So yeah, you're going to see that uh, a lot going forward. Now, with all of that said, I think you might be getting a... I might, I think sometimes people can get the wrong vibe. Uh, just because I take on, for example, a more serious tone in a video doesn't mean I'm having less fun in the creation process or that I don't think it's more important or that I don't think it's as important. Sometimes I think it's more important. But you also can't have the same amount of fun in everything you do. So like if we were to go through the last few videos, yeah, this doing everything the chatbot says was a blast because I'm super, super into this technology. And uh, a lot of the time, you know, when we come up with a video concept, the whole reason uh, that we're doing it is because it's something I want to talk about. And then we just need kind of a vehicle for that. So building a computer was just an excuse to talk about ChatGPT in a mainline video. Uh, this one I had a blast with. I mean, Jeff and I have never really gotten a chance to hang out outside of, you know, a few uh, small encounters at like, you know, work events and stuff like that. Um, and so I always enjoy Intel Extreme Tech Upgrade. And I think that comes through in the videos. People love Intel Extreme Tech Upgrade. Um, this one was really stressful. It was a really fun idea. Yeah like doing tech support, but some of the tools we ran into some challenges or rather the lines got flooded and handling a flooded support line is like never fun. So I think that did take a bit of the fun out of it. There were elements of it that were super fun, like Dr. Ian Cutris calling into the show. And that just bloody guy. Trolling you with like a crazy question. Hey, I got it though. I'm feeling good about that. That was pretty good. Um, sponsored stuff is always challenging, right? Like, I said everything that I wanted to say, but that back and forth, I'm so glad that I have a, a sales team that kind of deals with all of that for me now, where the brand will come and say, oh, we don't like the way you worded it, and I'll say, too bad, and then our sales team gets to kind of play, uh, play messenger in between. Uh, but this is a super cool monitor. I had fun with that. Uh, the fake merch, always a lot of fun for me. Working with the Hacksmith team, total blast. Like, there's nothing in here, this monitor, I was not that interested in, and then I actually used it, and all of a sudden, I was like, whoa, this is super cool. Uh, love, new, I mean, we don't really, hmm, we don't really make a lot of videos about stuff that I'm not interested in, because I hand, I hand select pretty much every topic, not all, but very many is there anything... Okay, I did not hand select for us to forget about Luke's portion of the part one of the art <laughs> challenge. This I hand selected. This I hand selected. Uh, this I didn't hand select. This was pitched to me. Uh, Tanner uh, pitched this, adding USB-C to That's old right. consoles. That was cool. But when he pitched it, initially I was like, uh-huh, and? And then when he explained it, I was like, whoa, that's so cool. And so... Yeah, I'm super into it. You know what? I think what you might see in a video like this is that I didn't get to play around with it firsthand as much. If I'd gotten to really play with it, I think you might have seen a bit more more animation on my side. Um, sometimes it's the end of the day and I'm kind of tired, like I'm doing my best. But at, no matter how enthusiastic I am about something, I still do have to present. Uh, my job is not just as simple as being someone who's into this stuff and talking about it and... I, I wish it was, because it'd be a lot easier to hire people to help me with it. Uh, but Luke, Luke knows. I mean, it's not something people can just pick up overnight. Try it. Go make a video. It's really hard. Try to get views on YouTube. Yeah. It is a real job. And I'm, I'm glad that you almost never see that anymore. You know, oh, well, if you want to make money, get a real job instead of being a YouTuber. It is a real job. It's not easy. Yeah. 
Um, the mood lighting is a throwback to when the power went out earlier on the show, for those of you who are just joining us. What else you got for us, Dan? Okay, I got one here from uh, Jose. Uh, oh, it's in... Uh, yeah, we got some Mexican. Saludos desde Mexico. I'm uh, awful of this. Hope you have a great holidays. I would like to know how the dual audio project is going. Love your videos, but some friends don't speak English, so the dub would help a lot to show this amazing channel. Um, still in progress. I haven't gotten an update from Ed on it in the last little while, but we've been just kind of trying to push through the product releases and Q4 is a thing. limited people availability due to weather, due to the time of year. Um, that's been a back burner project compared to LTT videos must be shot because that's ultimately what pays the bills. Um, so I wish I had an update for you, but I'm afraid that I don't for the moment. Okay, got another one here from Kevin. Can you test whether lifting a laptop by its palm rest cause you answered this earlier, didn't I did. you? Yes. Yep. I probably um, didn't deal with it properly. Cool so. idea. Yes, uh, we'll anonymous. Hey guys, I'm waiting to get into IT soon, and with the technical difficulties experienced tonight, I was wondering how help desk issues are solved at LMG. Oh wait, we did this one too. Okay. <laughs> it's me. Uh Sorry. did you do this one? Colin, no. shout out from Korea. In VR benchmarks, there are different experiences based on hardware setups, and even minor hardware changes have significant implications. Given VR requires a human interaction, how would you try to objectively make a comparable VR benchmark? Uh, it's really challenging because the level of detail changes constantly and uh, can change depending on, like you said, a human interaction with the headset or with the uh, in-game environment. Uh, we do have uh, an expert on staff now. Um, I think he's actually in the chat. Uh, Jakey, you in the chat? Other more different Jake, um, who has a lot of experience in machine vision um, from mobile benchmarking, which has a lot of the same challenges. And I think it's something that we're going to be able oh, to solve Jake? in the long term, but it's going to take some time. Okay, got another one here from Jay. Hope Luke's house gets fixed quickly. Me too. <laughs> Do you think we'll ever start seeing multiple GPUs with the same power but different RAM variants? Like a 580, 24 gig, 32 gig, and a 590, 64 gig, and a 32 gig type of thing. Uh, you already see this in particularly the commercial space. Like I think it was not very long ago that NVIDIA had different versions of their quadros that had different uh, size frame buffers. We used to see it in the consumer space more, and you, I think you'll still see it in the lower end. Um, but it's not as common in on upper tier cards because I think rather than create... Like the, the memory cost is not a huge amount compared to the overall bill of materials for a card over you know, $250, $300, which is almost all of them now. So I don't think it is worthwhile for our company to create these different SKUs um, unless they think there's a very compelling competitive reason. I think we've seen reactionary um reactionary responses to a lower end competitor with less VRAM, for example, to keep costs under control. But very rarely do we see, not at least since the 900 series, I think, very rarely do, no, 10 series had a three gig and a six gig version of the 1060, if I recall correctly. Very rarely do we see NVIDIA go out of their way, and AMD for that matter, to have different VRAM versions of their cards lately. And yeah, my, my, my guess is just that they, they don't want to support more versions of the SKU. Why have one that is effectively obsolete before the other one if it doesn't actually save that much on the bill of materials? 
The 3080 had 10 and 12, but those were not quite exactly the same card, if I recall correctly. And again, that different version kind of came along later. It wasn't just, yeah, we've got an 8 gig and a 4 gig version of this card right out of the gate. Like, I think the last one I can remember that was like that was the RX 480, I think, just, or 470. One of them, I think, just had a 4 and an 8 gig version. Don't quote me on that, though. Okay, got another one here from Anonymous. Linus and Luke, what would it take for me to get an LTT backpack signed by as many people on both teams as possible? Go to LTX. Go to LTX. Yeah, that's why I curated that question. Yeah. <laughs> that's your only chance. We literally don't even ship the products from this warehouse. So how would I sign it? Yeah. Like, I'm not in that. I've been in that warehouse once. Yeah, it's like actually not a thing. But I... Pretty much the whole team is going to be there, I'm assuming. I think a lot of people are. I think it's one of those things where you don't have to be there, but you better not miss it kind of things. Yeah. 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 Kind of like the Christmas party. Yeah. Got one here from Nathan. Merry Christmas, LMG crew and families. Has a standoff tool or set of standoff bits ever been considered for the screwdriver? Found myself needing some when replacing a motherboard recently. Yeah, it doesn't fit in the built-in bit holder. So once we have, uh, yeah, once we have a separate bit holding mechanism, we will absolutely do some socketed bits. Totally makes yeah, sense. Matter of time. This one's from David. Hey guys, I've recently developed an addiction to buying 4K Blu-rays after throwing an LG OLED and SVF speakers nice. in my bedroom. Any favorite go-to movies for putting your home theater to the test? So far, mine's been Pacific Rim. Not the best writing, but man, does it. I thought you might have a good answer does for this. I, I don't oh, know. yeah, not really. I just... Um... There's some really cool scenes in that weird horror uh, horror movie with the with the cult. Um, man, I can't remember what it's, it's called. A lot of horror movies. Yeah, but they with burn a, they burn a barn at the end. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not sure. Um, this it looks looks really great in HDR. Yeah, 1917 is definitely a good one. Chats uh, chats getting us some good ones. I refuse to ever put The Hobbit on any screen in my house. Good. So that's cool. <laughs> Oh no. Yeah, Midsummer, that's the one. Uh Blade Runner 2049, not a great one. Just the way it's mastered. Um we found out kind of later after it, like it looks really great, but the way it's mastered doesn't really let um better HDR displays stretch their legs from my understanding. So we've we've stopped using it. Um yeah, La La Land is really beautiful. Yeah. I, I the know. hurricane, obviously, you know, since I own so many copies of it, it's it's a whole thing. I bought it on DVHS for a video recently. Wow, yeah, okay. it's worth watching. DVHS is a hell of a drug. <laughs> okay, I got another one here. What happened to the GPU shirt design? Will it ever come back? What happened to all of our shirt designs? Right now, we only have blank shirts. I didn't know that. Yeah. So our shirt printer, our local screen printer, got evicted from I his heard space. About that. Um, and like, I don't know, at risk of talking publicly about, you know, dealings that have not been acknowledged publicly, I'm just gonna say it. Um I don't understand uh the response that um our screen printer gave us when we basically said, hey, we've got Lab 1 sitting empty. Why don't you lease from us? And like, we're some way over 50% of your business anyway. So, you know, 
why don't we why don't, why don't we just we we don't want a disruption we don't have another source we don't want a disruption in your business you don't want a disruption in your business obviously you know we're going to help take care of you because we don't want a disruption in your business we know it muddies the waters a little bit but it would be at just it would be at a market rate we're not looking to screw you over because we don't want any disruption to your yeah. business yeah um you know the way that i saw it it would be more beneficial we'd have been happy to sign a short term lease uh, just to make sure that there's no interruption to his business. Um, and basically the response was like, from my point of view, from like a, from like a business planning standpoint, I understand part of it. You don't want to have too many eggs in one basket. You know, you don't want to have that one client that's most of your sales and also your landlord, you know, I like I get it. But on the other hand, your options are us or not running Nothing. your yeah. business right now. Yeah, and uh, you could do like a one-year lease and, and figure it out afterwards. And like, we want to help you out. Yeah. Um, we've we've never done anything like evil to you. So what makes you think we're going to start now? Um, so from from just like a, it seemed like a very emotional response rather than a um, uh, a, a carefully considered response. So uh, I don't know. Uh, we we're looking for alternatives. We found one that's actually run by one of the companies that we work with for overseas production. But frankly, and again, no offense if you're watching this, but the quality's been dog crap. So we haven't gone forward with it. So we need something that matches what we were using before yeah. in terms of the quality. Uh, but we need we either need to find a new source for that, or we need the person we've been working with to pull his or her head out of their butt and figure out how to like actually print some shirts instead of just like sitting and not printing shirts, which is obviously not good for their business. Yeah. Um, the Badger Hound says, bro, come on, this is hubris. That's a perfectly valid reason. You're just mad they said no. Well, they should be mad they said no. They are currently printing zero shirts, not just for us, for anyone. That's yeah. not good. That's yep. bad. Um, and like I said, I fully understand their discomfort, which is why we were willing to offer a short-term lease. Nobody does that. Uh, maybe in the market you're in, that's the thing. Uh, here, you, you you don't sign a one-year commercial lease or anything There's like that. less than, what is it, less than 0.1%, I think, commercial vacancy? Yeah, but it's one of those things where... If we're if we're working together, well, well we're working together. Like you got to communicate. You got to say, look, here are my concerns, and we can do what we can to address it. But if you're just going to kind of be irrational and just say, no, 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 I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay, whatever. Then then I guess you're not printing shirts, which is pretty bad. Um, oh. Next up. Yeah. Okay. Good luck with that. Got another one here from Thomas. Hi, Linus. Any update on the summertime jacket? Hearing your thoughts on dealing with the hassle of sunscreen had hit home for me. Would love to know if this is still happening or if it's just an idea. Oh, still happening. Yeah, it should be out for next summer. Uh, the It's a great garment. I absolutely love it. I took it with me on my Hawaii trip a little while ago and was just, just pleased as punch. Pleased as punch. Okay, got one here from Seth. I've oh. been called petty. Oh. What do you mean petty? What? What are you talking about? Uh -oh. I'm telling you facts. You cannot like facts. We tried to help offer a solution and it wasn't taken. And now it's really bad. Like, for everyone involved. For everyone. Including the other person. It's a lose-lose. Nobody yeah. won. What's there's petty a, about there's that? There's a uncomfortable or a lose-lose. Yeah. And the uncomfortable, it's like, yeah, but you just got to like communicate. It's like any relationship. You can just 
shut down. I'm like, okay, well, then the relationship's over, right? Or you work with people. Those are, those are really your only two options. Okay, this one's from Seth. LTT video idea, right ways of power management inside a home involving tech. UPS surge protection went upgrade power to accommodate all the LTT talks about servers, new gen gaming PCs. Um, yeah, I mean, really, that's something that we're not going to be able to cover in the kind of depth that we want to cover it until the PSU tester is fully up and running. And maybe we have like a second one because it's going to be an enormous volume of devices to push through it. So in time, in time. I've got another one here from Anonymous. Hey, Linus, I'm absolutely loving the screwdriver. I often find myself fidgeting with it instead of my usual fidget toys and was wondering if you ever thought of making a high-quality fidgets as I find a lot of them to be lower quality. Yes, we are already planning a fidget toy using the exact same ratchet from the screwdriver. It's not going to be cheap because it's a super expensive part, but I'm not going to apologize for that because it's going to be the best darn fidget ratchet on the market. <laughs> That's all we hear all the time. Sorry, not sorry. Just buy, buy another screwdriver. Yeah. Um, this one's from Jacob. Gift cards until I can get a backpack. What is y'all's take on development teams releasing games in alpha stages to sell copies for cash flow and spending 10 years without leaving alpha or just never finishing the game? <laughs> <clears throat> sorry. Um, Are you saying Tarkov? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Tarkov's still in beta. Uh, Tarkov, if I don't know if that's clue or sorry, true. If you Google is Tarkov still in beta, it says it's in closed beta. I don't think it's in closed beta. I was able to buy a license for it. Fine, just <laughs> yeah, fine. I don't think it's in closed it's beta. Closed to anyone who doesn't have a credit card and pays the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, Minecraft was another fairly notorious one. Minecraft was in beta for like an extremely long time. Um, Stars it is in. Stars, uh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's a, it's a thing, and it's, uh, it's kind of frustrating. But I can also understand the development team woes, especially from, actually, no, pretty much only from indie development studios. If you're a indie development studio, you've got a few people on staff. You have a certain um, amount of time you can run for. I, is that called the run rate? I don't know what it's called. It's called something. No, it um, would be your burn runway. rate. Burn rate. There we go. You have a certain amount of time that you can operate for before you're out of money. And if the game isn't done by then, you can either offer it to people in its current state and say that you're going to keep working on it, which, I mean, is true if you sell enough copies to keep your company going and suddenly is immediately not true if you don't yeah um but then the flip side of that is if you don't sell any copies then maybe it just never gets made at all so if it's your only way but then it feels like in some cases it might not have been the only way yeah it, it can be a little bit gross I but i think it's just something we're gonna have to live with um i did we lose power again we had a we had a flash we over had a flicker yeah it was no, just no, a got this. oh you can hear it. Can't well, you? we're almost done. Hurry, um, hurry. But yeah, I think I think sometimes you got to do what you got to do, and I think sometimes it's abused. And that whoa, is look at this! Now would be a good time to insert ads. There's a there's a money button. There's a money button. Okay, hold on. Let's do the math. There's nine thousand nine hundred viewers on YouTube. Okay. Uh, hold on. Okay. So what is it? Thirty seconds for an ad. So point five minutes times 9900 
equals uh okay so hold on a second what is this so this is four thousand nine hundred and fifty minutes okay divided by sixty equals uh eighty two hours right am i am I doing this right so I far think so yeah okay uh divided by twenty four okay so it's three point four days which is about one percent of a year okay so now hold on a second if we assume an average lifespan of about seventy five years then that would be Let's say so one percent of a year, point one percent of ten years, point about let's say about point zero one percent of a of a human lifetime. Okay. How much is that so worth? So if every time I press this button, I killed point zero one percent of a human, would I keep pressing this button? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's get into it. <laughs> Let's talk moral and ethical dilemmas. Oh my goodness. <laughs> If you could kill 0.01% of a human every time you pressed a button and you, would that be and you never you? knew any of them except your mom, <laughs> who watches the WAN show, would you keep pressing the button, Luke? Oh my goodness. That's a, that is a dark but somewhat accurate way to look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Someone said carry the zero. Yeah, I think it's a little bit less than that. As the channel grew, man, I would look at the cumulative hours spent watching the content and I, I would do that math. Like, this is in the very early days. And I'd go, holy crap, LTT has consumed a, one lifetime. Now it's 10 lifetimes. Now it's 100 lifetimes. And, I'm, yeah, and it's it X would, amount of lifetimes, like a week or a day yeah, or and whatever. It, it would make me think about the value of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, are we putting, are we working hard enough to make sure that, like, like this cost? I think I've talked a, a lot of, on the show before about how uh, a, a central aspect of my personal morals and ethics is, um, is, is human cost, right? So when you, when you steal uh, a pack of dental floss, you know, what is the human cost of that? You know, fairly, fairly negligible. Whereas when you, when you steal an amount that's like equivalent to a year's work for someone, uh, you know, I see that as like one fiftieth of murder. If you, if you get okay. what I mean, yeah, yeah, like yeah. if they spent that time of their life doing something that was only to get their house or well, their car, it, it or might even be worse is, than that though. You're, you are, you're effectively, you're effectively stealing what is that? You're effectively stealing life from them. And so I, I would reflect on this number and go like, am I stealing life or am I enriching it? You know, I gotta... Yeah. Whew. Yeah. I don't know, just the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night, you know? <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Moving on. I have another one for Michael. What's the best Christmas gift you guys have gotten from each other other than that was not work-related? We don't give gifts to each other. The gift of not having to worry about it. Oh, yeah. That's the best gift. It is a pretty good gift. The, yeah. Hey, Luke, I, guess what? Merry Christmas. I got you nothing. Merry Christmas, man. Me too. I uh, I was trying to think when... I So I curated that one. I was trying to think if there was something that we've ever, like, done. But I think it's just always been... Hey, bro, I know you're busy. Yeah. Have a good one. Yep. Which is solid. That's yeah. A good, that's a good way to go. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. We uh are are nope, I'm not gonna say that. Um I'll say this. There are more people where I feel some amount of obligation to give Christmas gifts to this year. And it's a lot of people. Yeah, it's a pain. And like I I hate it. I don't 
I don't mind it as much as as you do, but at a certain point, I'm like trying to tally in my head. I'm like, have I have I completed my shopping for all these different people? And I'm like, this is a this is a lot of people. And then trying to keep track of that. And you don't want to just like run to a mall and buy garbage the week before Christmas. So you try to think about it like throughout the year. And it's like, man, there's a lot of things to to like keep track of. Yeah, but yeah, my family's been talking about trying to like reduce and stuff because we like something that we do is we try to reuse christmas packing as much as possible yeah so like brown paper bags are used very often um last year's tags that you put on things for sure we just put them in a box and you just retape it on like who cares we try to do stuff like that to make it less of a waste and uh we've all been communicating to each other for a while now to like don't try try to really avoid buying people things that are likely going to end up being garbage yeah right um but we're we're probably going to continue down continue down that path to a certain degree. Yeah, we use a newspaper in my family. Cool. Nice. Yeah, we've, that's a good one. We've run out of newspaper. <laughs> it's become well, a problem. The only thing newspaper is good for, so it makes sense that it's all getting used to wrap presents. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yep. We used to use the comics pages specifically. That's cool. Oh, yeah, that's actually nice. Yeah. yeah, that's actually pretty sweet. Yeah, I try and do the princess auto for dad, and then like, you know. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this one's from Zachary. Will you publish an external 3D model of the screwdriver? Publishing the model is common in industry, and it would facilitate 3D-printed LTD driver case I'm designing. P.S. Why no PH00, Phillips double zero, or PH000 bits in the Phillips set? All right, you got a couple questions here. Uh, yes, we have considered publishing an external 3D model of the screwdriver. Uh, we need to make sure that we have the proper authorization from the other parties involved in the design. So whatever we might feel about it, we it was a collaborative product, so we need to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Um, yeah, we'd, we'd love to make your life easier. Um, for, for 3D printing the driver case you're designing, so stay stay tuned. As for why no precision bits, um, it's because it's really not the intended use case of the product, and we don't yep. want to encourage people to over-torque those kinds of products with a with a big old honk and screwdriver that's really more for like uh, computer work, uh, utility work around the house, automotive work. Um, that's why. Uh, stay tuned, though. Our plan is to have a product where that type of a bit would be more appropriate. Okay, this one's from AJ. How did Luke become the CEO of Floatplane? Were you offered the job or did you apply slash ask for it? I've heard you talk about coding development before. Did you do that before you started working at LTT? I find it very thematic uh, that this came from a person named AJ, as AJ was the first person <laughs> that we hired for the project and is still uh, luckily, instrumental. luckily to me instrumental and is still working on the project. Um, I am Even not tonight. I am not. Yeah, he's bailing us out potentially right Right now, yeah. actually, because as far as I know, he can't download this second one until we're done. Oh, we should and finish. Soon, he's then. on East Coast time. Ooh, we should. Finish so soon. we actually should close this. Uh, up. Shout out, AJ. Thanks, AJ. Sorry. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's, this is not the first time, and it will not be the last time that I call AJ out of nowhere, and I'm like, "Hey, uh, <laughs> I need you to save me." Uh, he's in chat. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, so I'm not the CEO of Floatplane. Um, how is I? How did I get the job? Well, COO. Yes, I'm COO. And probably CTO too. Is that official or is that just no effective? But it's, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. He runs it. Um, Let's put it that way. 
Yeah. I, so when Vessel went down, Vessel was a platform that we used to be on that did early access video or whatever. When Vessel went down, we started a thing on the forum, which was just a sub part of the forum called Rip Vessel. And I found a way to mess with the forum software that we had to force video to sort of maybe kind of go through it. The idea was that people could download it and that sort of worked. And then we realized by accident that a bunch of browsers, do you remember this? A bunch of browsers would determine that they could just stream the video yeah, as a download. Work. Like so it, it would just work. It even worked like, on iOS. Yeah, it would just like play it. And we were like, wait, what? Is it that easy? That's pretty cool. This should be really easy to do. And then, uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> it's really hard. Um, and then pretty early in, I was like, whoa, I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, and AJ actually posted a big like I think it was a Google Doc that he shared. I think that's how it was done. But he posted a big thing on the forum being like, uh, yeah, by the way, here's a plan for like probably a better, more proper way of doing what you're trying to do. Um, and it was fairly similar to what Jake, Jake Tyvee, yeah, and I had kind of come up with but again we weren't really prepared and aj's proposal for it was like way better so i was like hey help me um and then we've just been sort of doing it ever since there was never really i don't think there was ever really like i didn't apply for it i don't think i asked for it oh I, definitely not <laughs> it just yeah it's it just sort of happened but it was a revenue source that we had absolutely no replacement for um, at that time we really needed one that we needed and there was no other platform that was really doing what Vessel was doing. So we needed to port people somewhere and we needed it now, which basically meant we needed to develop it internally. And I was the only person who had any chance and I barely had a chance. And then AJ bailed me out and then we brought on uh, Yuki not way too long after that. Both of those peeps are still on the team and still killing it. Yep. Um, and we would be nowhere without them. Um and then we brought up other people along the way and now we're here. I don't know. It just it just it sort of happened. It was very not formal. <laughs> I'll say that much. Next up. All right. This is for Luke. Hey. Okay. You pretty clearly play have played D&D &D or mm -hmm. other tabletop role-playing games. Could you talk about that? Sure. I'll I'll try to make it relatively short. Played a bit of D&D &D in high school, played a bit of D&D &D in university, played a did a bit of D&D after university. Never like super seriously, always very socially. Um, Uh-oh. Uh-oh, hot take. Spicy no. Luke coming out right at the end of the show. No. No. It's sad, Luke. Oh. Um, I, I rekindled the fire for that with Tyler. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so it's a bit of a sore topic for me now because I miss Tyler. Um, but I eventually, um, while knowing Tyler and I actually got Tyler kind of into it and he ended up running a campaign of this, um, without me cause I couldn't play on the night that he wanted to run it and stuff, but we used to talk about this stuff all the time. Um, but I ended up playing edge of the empire with, uh, my brother and a couple of my, uh, my other friends and edge of the empire was really fantastic. I like it a, a lot because of how the dice work, because unlike with D and D, where you have like your chance and your damage. Um, in Edge of the Empire, you have, if I remember correctly, it's it's like damage dice and then, oh man, it's been a long time since I played, so I'm gonna say this wrong, but it's it's like opportunity basically. 
and your dice have to roll against each other. So you have you have pluses and minuses for each type. So if you if you uh, say you were uh, this is Edge of the Empire, so it's a lot of like scoundrels and whatnot. So say you had like you're a Han Solo type character. You've got a pistol. You're trying to shoot something that's down a hallway, um, and you're you're not going to do any damage. Your damage dice come up with uh, zero or less than zero, but your your advantage or disadvantage or whatever it was, it was called um, dice came up with a large advantage. So now you have to come up with something that might be advantageous. And you think about the Star Wars universe and you're like, okay, well, the shot missed. It didn't hit the target that I wanted to hit. But let's have it hit the control panel that's next to the door. So now the door closes on the person that's trying to run away from me. And you can do cool, like, thematic storytelling things through your dice rolls. And I really thought that was very cool. That added an element that I always felt was missing from D&D. Um, and, yeah, I used, to, I used to nerd out about that um with tyler and then he ended up running a campaign and i i believe they liked it i think uh alex clark played in that campaign i think i don't fully remember well, i'm not sure um but yeah it was a long time ago but yeah yeah i've always played those games socially i i, I care a lot less for the game than i do for the people that i'm usually playing it with and last one today is from matthew hi linus and luke it's matt from the call challenge video What's the deal with the beef between you and Dbrand? Are you longtime friends, or is it just something fun you do now? I hate those guys. Does my bleep button work? <laughs> fuck you, Dbrand. <laughs> Seems to work. Go f*** yourself, Dbrand. I think my favorite ad spot I've ever done was for Dbrand. Do you remember this? Um, we were at, I had no authorization to do this. I don't watch ad spots for Dbrand because f*** those guys. Fair enough. Uh, we were at CES. I can't see them. Back in, <laughs> we were at CES back in the day, and... It was like only sponsored by Dbrand or something. So every video had a Dbrand sponsorship on it. I do remember And I was that. trying to make each one of them different. Yes, you did. And I just ran out of ideas and eventually just said Dbrand like 30 times yep. and gave no other information or context. And they <laughs> they loved it. So I was like, sweet. <laughs> yeah. I think if that was a lot of other brands, they probably wouldn't have been too impressed. But uh, I, had a, I had a hunch they'd roll with it and they did, which was cool. But yeah, screw those guys. <laughs> <laughs> um if dbrand gets their way i will be telling you guys about the car soon enough um they, <laughs> they uh, <laughs> why can't i resist their money yes this okay 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 <laughs> this is why I love those guys. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. They want me to put the most ass possible skin. What is it? On my Can you new say car. what it is? It's like is it it's, just like your own face a bunch of times no, or something. No, no, no. It's an actual product, that but it's the kind funny. of thing that might be fine in small doses. Uh but over an enormous, <laughs> enormous um, vehicle might be a little much. Oh my goodness. That actually might look super cool. But it might look super cool to see on a car one time and mm. not look super cool to be on your car permanently. Yeah. So I'm... Ah. Uh. <laughs> yes oh my goodness they're so annoying because so they'll be like they'll be <laughs> like hey 
No, it'd be funny. You, you want to drink a bunch of energy drinks? <laughs> hey, want to do something totally stupid? And I'm like, no, not really. And they're like, huh, I'll pay more. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. So we'll see how it goes. It makes, in their defense, it makes stuff work because it's going to stand out. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be punchy. People are going to be interested in it. But it's all stuff you're not going to want to do. Uh, so yeah, you gotta pay more, but I mean, yeah, gets it done. All right. See you later, guys. Bye.